Welcome everyone to Comics from the Multiverse. This is your special 250th celebration episode, uh, which is not one of our regular numbers, but this is where we're going to count down our results to our user-voted, or fan-voted, top 50 DC Comics characters of all time. If, you're, this is, if you've stumbled on this, is the first thing you've ever seen. I'm Peter. I'm joined by Matt. Hey, what's up? Connor's here too. With a drink. With, with more booze. Yes. Uh, so, last month, or April... In anticipation for this, we the little face Connor just made there as he like sipped his drink I've, for the first I've, time. I've not it, tried this one before. I was like, mm, yeah. It was more like I said with booze, and then you sipped it and sort of went, "Yeah, there's booze in there." It's like you didn't know, like you yeah, weren't sure. I made, I made a I made a man of war for the first time. I thought, well, you know, two fifty celebration. I'll, I'll have a fresh drink. I was like, <laughs> Let's try this. It's all right. Was there no DC theme cocktails you could? Uh... Do you know what there might be? And if not, maybe me and Matt should create some. You could just have called it a Hawkman. <laughs> Call it the Thanagarian Thrasher or something. I don't know. Just pick a DC Thanagarian Snare Beast. <laughs> hey, spiders are the fiercest animal in the animal yes, kingdom. Are. Just uh, everyone knows that. Everyone knows everyone that. Knows uh, if you don't get that reference, go check out the documentary "The Death of Superman Lives" and have a blast at the producer and Mister John Peters. Anyway, uh, so yes, we had our, our audience vote on the best DC characters. People sent in top 20 lists, uh, all the way up to top 50 lists, depending on what they wanted to do. And each character got points based on their placement, and we have results today uh, based on this. And full disclosure, all three of us also submitted lists just to spice things up. Uh, Mine wasn't really a real list, though, was it? Uh, yeah, I mean, you did add some names that weren't there before, but not as many as I think you think you did. No, I expected almost none of them to make it onto the list at all. It, it was it, his list was really meant as, as a spiteful oh, list. Oh, sure. I, what I mean is, yeah. though, in terms of like names that had already had points, like mm-hmm. you'd be surprised at how many of those already had at least one or two points. Really? Yeah. Oh, that twenty-five. I'd love to know. <laughs> I'd have to go back I, and check. I, what I, I reckon there. there's there's probably a good ten to fifteen that I'm like, yeah, I can see these having points, but then. Some of them, I was just pulling them out my ass. This has been frustrating for me because I've known the results for almost a month. <laughs> and I'm like, I want to do this. I want to tell the world about what's, what's the surprising picks and stuff. I've got some stats for the end, of course, but... Because uh, of course you do, you robot. There's not, not that many. There's, uh, there's a few interesting stats to... We'll be the judge of that. To uh, to give the audience. The audience love it. This is, this is not about you. It's about them. It's about the people. Out there. Yeah. The, the lovely people. What's another word for data? Information? Yeah, but I need I need something we could call you. Oh right. You want like a like as in data for Star Trek. You want yeah. an alternate for me. Uh Intel? Uh, that sounds too cool. We need something. <laughs> yeah, that's, like, that's too that. cool. That's your complaint now. Is that Intel's too yeah. cool a nickname? No, All right. I'm trying to make fun of you, Pete. <laughs> well, you're just gonna have to try a little harder, aren't you? I, I do remember Mario called you an Android vampire, as if that makes any sense, but it, it made perfect sense. Uh jeez. Uh, Talk about braid up something from like seven years ago. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's so, so funny. Uh, <laughs> shall we begin then shall we yes. commence uh on this top 50 and the journey that's about to uh, we're about to embark on i was hoping you speaking of android vampires 
<laughs> is there an android vampire? I don't Probably. think so. Uh, Grant Morrison might have a word to say about that. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely androids, there's definitely vampires. I don't know if it's a, a mix of the two, but... Uh, so I'm going to be 100% honest, I can't remember the list I sent in. That's fine. <laughs> I, 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 mean, it was... I remember my top five or so, but... That's yeah. all right. But, I mean, let's be honest, your list is... If anyone has listened to this show for a length of time, yeah. they can heavily predict what most of your list is going to be, give or take a placement. So, yeah. uh, you know, I, I don't think it was really confused, really confused what's a pro-mat choice and what's a, an yeah, anti-mat yeah, yeah. choice. I can uh, tell you who wasn't on my list. Mm. I'm sure. I, I mean, there's probably a lot of people that were on your list, but I, I suspect yeah, yeah, there's at least one, one notable yeah. entry that's not on your list. Uh, I I have some thoughts and observations, but I'll save them till the list is revealed mm-hmm. because you know some of these may spoil kind of like how well or bad some certain mm-hmm. names did. So without further ado, we will dive in to this top fifty DC characters list as voted for by our audience over the month of April, uh, and this is to celebrate two hundred and fifty episodes, episode two fifty of which has been out yesterday or not today at the time of recording. It'll be out in a few hours uh, publicly. So it was up on Patreon already though. Patrons have had it last night. So, here we go. Number 50. Guy Gardner. <laughs> That's fine. At least he made the list. Really? I, thought be, I thought I'd be more disappointed. I thought you'd be mad no, that he's only at number fine. 50. Pete, I understand that not everyone loves Guy Gardner like I do. All right. I'm pretty sure I had him at number one on my list. Just, so <laughs> <laughs> just think, like if you... Think- if you hadn't had him at number one, he probably wouldn't have made the list. It's probably yeah. true, yeah. So thank you, Connor. I had a fairly high too. You're all welcome. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, he's what? He's the he's the 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 well, he's the Matt. Let's be honest. He's the Matt of the Green Lantern trio or yeah. trio quad quad trio. <laughs> okay, great. He's the best. Definitely my favorite Lantern. Uh. Well, I mean, maybe maybe you'll find there's no more Green Lanterns on this list, and he's he's ranked top out of all of them. I I doubt that, considering our fan base. Yeah. Um. So, if if a certain Lantern doesn't show up, I would be shocked. So. Hmm. I love that every everyone is imagining a different Lantern. I know right everyone is. I don't think so. I think I think. You know. Yeah, Chip. I was thinking about Chip. Uh, chip. Oh, Connor had chip on his list. On my list, that's for sure. <laughs> I contemplated putting badge on my list, but I don't know what else would. Did, did you have space ape on yours, Matt? Uh, no, no. I, mine, mine were all. I only think I did twenty-five to thirty, so that uh, was right off the top of the head. I didn't put much thought into it. I mean, <laughs> shocker. Uh, I felt, Joe, I felt kind of bad at certain points where, you know, there was already, like, 40, 50 entries, so the list was mm-hmm. already kind of taking shape, and it was just about which was going to, like, win over each other yep. for certain spots. And there'd be, like, you know, so it was getting rarer that there was a list with a lot of new names that hadn't already been put into the overall mm-hmm. list. And I felt bad when, like, someone would send in, like, a top 20, and I, the number one choice wasn't already with points, so it was like, well, that's already, like, dead on arrival. And then, like, half of the list was like, oh, half of this list isn't even on the list yet. This person has such weird, obscure taste. I applaud them for it, but they don't have yes. a hope in hell of getting anything on this top 50. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. After I set mine, I thought of at least five I could have added mm. that, that weren't there. Like so. Cold Snap. You forgot Cold Snap, Matt. <laughs> no. So I, didn't, I, I didn't forget uh, Mrs. Freeze, though. 
<laughs> a lot of people forgot cold snap it's, it's actually amazing just how many people forgot to put cold snap on the list it's really quite baffling but hey it is what it is number 49 is plastic man fair enough okay you see that being on the lower end that's the reaction you want oh, fair enough <laughs> so, I people, mean, people it, like him. He's funny. That's about the sort of place I would have expected, though, to be honest. Yeah. Where yeah. If, if he was going to make it onto the list at all, I would expect it towards the bottom. What's your favorite thing about Plastic Man? That I don't have to read a book with him monthly. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, that stings. Uh, really, though, my favorite thing about Plastic Man comes from... Um, they didn't realize they had elongated man, so they created a plastic yes. man. Um, no, it's all we rent. It's all we rent. Yeah, was it the other way around? Oh, yeah, they didn't realize they had okay. plastic man, so they created elongated man. I, I think everyone's favorite thing about plastic man should be Wang. <laughs> Wang. That's, That's way so Wang. That's yeah, so Wang. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> no, Eli O'Brien. I. You remember the New Fifty Two when Jeff Johns tried to tie his origin together and. Uh, I was it was right before Dark Side War. I but, don't remember this now. Oh, oh, yeah. Actually. Oh. It was in one of I can't remember, but he you you see the crime in in happening that he's he's working on, uh, and he ends up getting covered in the goo and melting and then reforming. I don't think anything ever came from that. Was this in maybe one of the secret origins, secret it, files it might, issues? It might have been. I don't remember. But mm. pretty sure it was drawn by Ivan Reese. So it's a pretty, you know, pretty high profile. I don't remember this at all, but I feel like yeah. there's a, still a reasonable chance I read it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I like Plastic Man well enough. Again, he's, he's one of those kind of like C-list characters who I enjoy when he pops up and maybe one day he'll get the stage to really shine. But I enjoyed that Gil Simone money that came out a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was wang. I thought that. It was very wang. But as wang as you can get. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so... Uh, number 48 is John Kent, as in Ooh. Superboy, John Kent. Um, I will admit, this was the toughest one. Like, everyone, because I, I made it very clear when we started doing all the entries that you had to be specific because there could be, like, confusions about who you actually meant. The name Jonathan Kent on its own was the, the toughest one I had to decipher at any given time because it literally could be two different people. Um... Most people made it clear, but there was one or two that it was a little bit tough. I was like, oh, wait, do they mean yeah. the son? Packhead. Or do they mean Packhead? Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and most people didn't make it clear, but uh, there was one or two in Firefly. Ah, ah. There you go. Right. <laughs> I was like, did you make an executive decision on those where you just had to. On the couple, yeah, that were there, I made an executive decision based just on the rest of the list and who was more likely to be the one they were saying. <laughs> Um, it is worth mentioning, you know, Packhead, well, he did get a few points. Like, even, even if I flipped, I mean, it might have taken, if, let's say I mistook uh, a Packhead vote as a, a, you know, a young John Kent vote. It might have removed John Kent from the list, but no, nothing was going to put Packhead on here. So, right. if there was a, if there's a change to be corrected based on one being unclear, it, that would have been it. But uh, I, I, th- I think I got it right. I think I got it right, just based on... Like, you know, the information around it and who else they were voting for. Right. Um, and so on. He's, he's much more in the public consciousness right now, more than Pa Kent. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, like, I think, I think we all like Pa Kent. 
but I don't yeah. think any of us would have expected him on the top 50 either. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's not the sort of character that ends up on these lists usually. Not typically, no. Um, but hey, you know, it, you know, I think he's obviously one of the newest characters on this list, uh, just because he's that recent. You know, he he was creating what twenty fifteen for conversions, mm-hmm. and yeah, you know, so he's only six years old, which is very very young in comic book terms. And uh, Do you know, if they hadn't hmm? super aged him, we probably wouldn't have been that far away to actually lining up his, his real age with with his character. I feel like every complaint about him being aged up is going to disappear quite quickly once we have a Tom Taylor, Superman, John yeah. Kent book <laughs> ongoing. <laughs> I mean, I feel, sure. I feel the problem with him being aged up, the people, the more the uh, issue people have is that we miss a big chunk That's of seeing not. John Kent grow up. I, I'm still uh, annoyed at it for taking away his relationship with Damien. Yeah. And that's, the, that's yeah. A, an ongoing loss that I... Until they're both at adult stage, will never be regained. Right. Well, uh, Damien's got to go fight a tournament starting this week, so yeah. uh, we'll see if that ages him up at all. The, the, the good news is that the age difference isn't actually that much in the grand scheme of things. It's, it feels like a lot because of the ages they are, where, you know, John's now like 17, 18, and Damien's like 13, 14. Mm-hmm. But, you know, once once the, Damien's aged up a little bit, they're going to feel the same age. You know, they, they don't have to, like, hold john back because once 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 they're 20 and 24 it doesn't really matter like no yeah. no no it doesn't uh, it's just right now it feels like though those teenage years are kind of gone yeah mm-hmm. yeah no I, I agree i i would have liked to have more of a young john kent for for a long time but what we did have yeah. with them was very nice uh some of the best stuff from the gleason tomasi superman run was definitely john kent so yeah um uh, really good um it's a testament that you can still make a new legacy character and have us all. Uh, obviously, I mean, I don't think it's to say that we're not, you know, we've not had enough time with Yara Floor for her to even touch this list, but when we look back and say 10 years' time, Yara Floor might very well be the sort of character that appears heavily on something I like this. I guarantee even in two years' time, John Kent would be higher on this list. After after you have like an, him leading mm-hmm. an ongoing as opposed to, you know, Super Sons, or he's just a supporting character in Superman. Him, him leading ongoing with a high-profile writer will definitely shoot up his popularity. Yeah, I can see that, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, that's John Kent. Number 47! I have, to, I have to admit, this is one I'm a little surprised by. I, I would have thought this would be higher. Number 47 is Black Adam. Oh! I'm hey, Black Adam? disappointed, but not surprised. Because I think he's he's kind of a low key favorite of a lot of people who are really into it, mm-hmm. but I think in a in a wider context, I think he doesn't have that much of recognition. It's kind of been sidelined for the past you know ten years or so. Yeah, I think anyone who kind of came up reading like a John's JSA, for example, mm-hmm. would have him on their list. If you kind of if that passed you by and you came in later than that, if you have New Fifty Two, maybe. Uh, or even Rebirth, uh, then you probably don't have much attachment to Black Adam. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's, it's kind of what you were saying there about having an ongoing for John. I feel like if we do this a year after the movie comes out, there might be a very different <laughs> swing yeah. uh, as to how many for points sure. Black Adam gets. Uh, but I was surprised. I was expecting him to be at least more middle of the, the bunch rather than down here near the bottom. But, yeah. Uh, uh, Black Adam's a great character, though. Uh, one, one of the yeah. more... 
one of the better lawful evil villains if i'm going to describe him with an alignment yeah because he can shift between neutral and evil pretty pretty quick mm. and it feels in character yeah. you know there's a lot of it um, that just depends on your perspective as to his yeah. actions and not yeah. in a like oh you really have to look at this in a certain point of view just no. just from you know a still very you know neutral slash good point of view of the regular person in in Kandak, uh you know he can then seem like a hero quite easily mm -hmm. yeah uh so no great suit as well i like his design yeah his design. Do, you, do you prefer the pointed ears or non-pointed ears probably non-pointed i don't need the point i, I yeah. don't really like i don't feel strongly about it though okay it's not like a big deal to me one I think when Eaglesham draws him and he has the pointed ears, it feels more classic. Right? I, I think the only problem I have with the pointed ears is that it makes him look like Namor from Marvel. Yeah. And <laughs> anything yeah. that reminds me of Namor, I don't like. <laughs> or as my friends would called him, Naminor. <laughs> Naminor. Uh, we make fun of him for not being able to read. Then we had to make sure he didn't have some type of, you know, like dyslexia. Like Namor, you can excuse. Because, yeah. right. I, I mean, for all I know, that could be the correct way of saying it. Yeah. But that's just adding in an extra syllable. Yeah, Naminor. Naminor. Yeah. We did not let him forget that. Namin, 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 Namin. No, you can make a song out of it. Uh. <laughs> Sounds like I, I think they were reading Lord of the Rings uh, not long before, and, and yeah. they were reading Numenor a lot, and just, just kind of like, well, it must be that. I mean, Matt, sure. Matt brought Mario earlier. I once called uh, Namor shitty Aquaman, and the, the reaction I got from a diehard Marvel fan was... Uh, was, was he enjoyable. probably wanted to fight you. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, though. Uh, that's true. Well, and when you look, you could just like call also Black Adam a better version of Namor. Namor. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean to do it, but it was in my head, so. A Namor. A Namor. A Namor. Nomenar. Namor. I think about that at least every other week. Uh, <laughs> Uh, if, I, if I ever decide to write a screenplay, the villain's going to be called Naminor, and the origin's yeah. just going to be, oh, one day Matt told me that his friend messed up Namor's name, <laughs> and it sounded kind of funny. Uh, uh, so, yeah, Black Adam's number 47. 46! Connor's favourite, Jason Todd. Ah. Oh. <laughs> Guy Gardner 50 and Jason Todd 46? What's wrong with you people? People like Jason Todd. I, I don't know what to tell you. People are the worst. No, this came out a month ago before we had really good stories with him. <laughs> so, to be fair, we had the good future state ones. Do you know, I just I I can already see the comment uh, saying like Matt just implied there was not a single good Jason Todd story before last month. <laughs> Name one. Hey, look Matt, I kind of agree with you, all right? I I didn't really like any of them, but uh, I'll give you a, a an outsider's story or not an outsider's the outlaw story, but him by himself? Uh, yeah, I don't think of any. Maybe Dark Days. Like uh, that was Winnick. But... We're not the biggest Jason Todd fans, although oh. Chip Chip's doing his best to uh, win us over. So yeah. and uh, Tom Taylor uh, left his you know fingerprint and and Williamson. Turns out when writers that we like uh, take on a character and, and write them with you know it's, a it's amazing how much pairing him with a character we do like Rose. Yeah. Uh, in in the seats, which is then carried through to some mainline continuity, it's like oh, we're a lot more interested in this all of a sudden. Well, and it helps when he actually has a personality that's not just I don't like Batman. He let me die. 
you know, like <laughs> shoot your guns, go bang bang. Yeah, and that too. You know, when when they're not actively trying to make him DC's Punisher, and they actually have him be the Dark Robin, that's like, you know, like I think that's what Chip's doing really well. Right? He could be DC's Punisher. I'd be, I could be quite happy with that. It's but, just, it's just you don't need to do it every. It, not every story needs to be. Right. But Batman doesn't let me kill. Right. Exactly. You know that that's again what Chip's doing right now. I feel his his character arc in in Unkillables from Taylor really got some personality out of him. So, I mean, but yeah, forty seven guys over guy. <laughs> Come on. Uh, the chaotic part of me really likes these over Guy Gardner just just for yeah. match reaction. But, but the yeah. reality in you knows it's wrong. <laughs> he can't bring himself to actually say it, but yeah, know. he knows. Number 45 is Reverse Flash, uh, Eobard Thon, uh, specifically, okay. just to make it clear which one we're referring to here. Uh, I guess this is what, I mean, maybe I'm not as surprised as Black Adam, but this was another one that I thought could have been a little bit higher. I think he's, he tends to be an enjoyed villain, I would have thought. Yeah, especially recently. Uh, they, you know, I, I would suspect as a rule, most people will have more heroes higher up on their list than villains mm -hmm. anyway. There'll be a, a handful of exceptions to that. Mm -hmm. But as a rule, I would expect that. So I would expect a lot of the big villains, but not the the, the top tier. Yeah. Um, you know, your, your Lexus, your Jokers. Mm -hmm. Let's be honest, a lot of your, your Batman rogues villains. They'll be the higher up ones. After that, I think they're more likely to be in the back half of the list, even by people who like them. Yeah, there's some logic to that. Um, I like Reverse Flash a lot. I, I think, um, I mean, obviously there's something to be said of just being the evil version of the main character, right? Just being the opposite. Mm -hmm. uh, but there's a reason why that works for some characters. And when you have someone as powerful as the Flash, it makes sense to have someone who is equally powerful, but mm -hmm. just evil. Fast but a dick. Yeah, fast but a dick. Yeah. Well, his whole, his whole thing coming as a Flash fan to, you know... Him becoming his greatest villain. Yeah, that's a that's a pretty fun arc. There's enough nuances in the character that I think make him super interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, versus, you know, because obviously we have, because because Batman and Superman have the thing where their main villains, right? Obviously they both have a lot, and they have the the examples that are just them but evil and whatever. But mm -hmm. their main villains are the ones that aren't just them but evil. They, they they're completely different. You know, Lex is not Superman. Joker is not Batman. Right. They're not even close. Yeah. Uh, well, they they work because they're on the opposite ends of that spectrum, mm -hmm. and they balance each other out. Whereas, I mean, Honestly, I, put I think Thon it's kind of on the complete opposite of Barry. You know, once you get out of the, I think most of the A tier characters, that's truthful. Where their 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 biggest villain isn't their opposite, yeah. uh, or at least not in the not in the same way that we're talking about here. Uh, it's mostly once you get to the B lists where that kind of starts to become more of a trend. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I suppose that's somewhat true, but I don't know. I like Reverse Flash a lot. These, uh, you know, these. Uh, I, I think the idea that he went back in time and killed Barry's mum is a, was a really cool addition to the lore, uh, which I know not every Flash fans loved when when that was introduced. But I, I get it. It's, it was adding tragedy for the sake of tragedy. I, I I think I like just that. how like but sinister it, it is, and it's kind of meta in that too because it, it wasn't always that case right mm. 
So mm-hmm. like Connor said, it's adding tragedy for the sake of tragedy. It's like Thon decided we're we're gonna one up Barry now. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a meta thing in the sense that Thon was giving him a tragedy because he you know, yeah. Uh, Wally needed one. Yeah, because right. I mean, what I like more about this is what it led to, like Wally and Zoom stuff, where Zoom tried to do the same thing for Wally. I love that arc and yeah. that Flash run. So that that idea uh, and the idea that Flash is not about tragedy, which kind of comes from a lot of that stuff, is is really good. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, Reverse Flash number forty five, number forty four, Raven. Yeah. Right, first first Titan uh, appearance. mm Hmm. That's uh, about where I would have her. So, yeah, a solid place on this list. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think because uh, uh, you have your your, I, I'll say your, your core titans, and when I say core titans, I don't necessarily mean what ones are more important, just more the ones that are actual legacy characters that came from mm-hmm. others, and then the ones who were just kind of created for titans. Uh, mm-hmm. Ravens in that camp, and right. Uh, sort of made her because you know her first appearance, I'm pretty sure, was the start of New Teen Titans or New Teen uh, Titans, right? Uh, or, so yeah. Because you have the ones that were sidekicks and then the ones that were added with New Teen Titans. You know? Um, so, she's one of those ones. Uh, I, I always liked her backstory. But I, there's not a one Raven story that stands out for me. You know? They're always Titan stories. I, I think, yeah, I think I mean, the terms of solo stuff, I mean, to be fair, a lot of those early New Teen Titans stuff were all revolving around her mythology with Trigon. So, mm-hmm. she was very important to the book, you know, when it, yeah. when it all kicked off. So, yeah, and, and I think you know a lot of the stuff with Trigon is very memorable and very influential, and has been mm-hmm. revisited a lot over the years. I do think she's like a solo. Just this is the one killer. Here's your Raven story that you can hand to someone, especially yep. in more modern terms. I think, yeah, uh, for me, I think that there's something to be said about not every character having to be a solo character at some point. I kind of like that. Like, and obviously a lot of these characters have went on, like Cyborg's obviously been featured in a bunch of stuff and they've tried to push him as a solo character, they've tried to push, uh, maybe not to the same extent, but even Starfire's had things. But yeah. there is something to be said of, like, you know, a team can just be a team forever, and it can be the team. And that yeah. can be an ensemble I, that we just enjoy as a, as a group. Yeah. I will say the closest thing we got to Raven, in my mind, is the uh, the young adult one from a couple of years ago. Yeah, mm. the, uh, the Cami Garcia one? Yeah, I think that's yeah. really good. Um Again, it's 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 a little bit different tonally as to what a lot of other Raven stuff is, but it has the core of the character there, and it's probably the yeah. best solo story of Raven available. Right. So, okay, Raven at number 44. Number 43, Swamp Thing. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. I don't have strong feelings for Swamp Thing. So I, do, I know I, people do. Yeah, I love Swamp Thing. I, I, I feel I, like this is probably one that some people had really high on their lists, yeah. and then other people just didn't have on at all, and that's kind of where it ends up wrapped down here. Yeah, it's one thing, I think I like, A, how different he is to the rest of the DC roster, because he is this monster, he is this thing, mm-hmm. which stands out a little bit versus the rest of the characters. Uh, you, you know, it's this DC's version of uh, their, you know, they're, they're almost a Frankenstein, and I realise they actually have a Frankenstein, but in the sense that yeah. he's their big yeah, tragic, he's sad monster, monster, yeah. That has a heart. And, you know, uh, I think and that corner's really uh, well done. I've loved what I've read of Alan Moore's run, and obviously we're we're all enjoying Ram V's current uh, take mm-hmm. on the character, which obviously is a different character technically. But yeah, I think mean, Swamp Thing as an entity is very transferable across mm-hmm. different types of stories, different characters that you want to plug into that. 
So I, I like the idea of Swamp Thing more than the actual character. And what I mean in that is I like when writers come in and add their own spin, right? So Alan Moore had his version of it. And then for me, Scott Snyder had his version, which kind of drew from the more stuff, but played way more with the horror and like body horror aspect of the character. And then Soul took over and it was completely its own thing. You know, we're playing with ideas and the different, you know, realms and, and stuff. And now Ram V's doing his kind of his own thing with it. Yeah. Um, so I, I like that, that it's, you can't do that with a lot of characters. You know, I think I like characters can shift like that. I like the idea of Swamp Thing more than Alec Holland, if that makes sense. Yeah, that, yeah that's sure. what I guess what I was trying to say. You know, because Swamp Thing can be almost like he's a protector of the earth, you know, or he's, you know, a sad swamp monster, you know, like it can run the gamut. Yeah. But... Mm. Yeah. No, dig it. Uh, number 42 is Deathstroke. <laughs> oh man is that funny what's funny about Deathstroke before I took just cause I remember Deathstroke being very controversial back when he was on Arrow you know <laughs> just, every time I hear Deathstroke I just think that's you know. so unfair oh uh, yeah I yeah. know imagine bringing Arrow into this conversation <laughs> like Sorry. literal decades of stories that are mm. often quite loved yeah. and you're like oh yeah but Arrow Shadow uh huh Shadow it. So, all right, kid. All right. Uh, <laughs> well, he's he's all right. Um, I definitely like the priest uh, story that we got. Mm-hmm. Um, I need to go back and read the Higgins stuff. That's that's one of the Higgins stories that I never got to. That was good. This is Deathstroke. Yeah, that was good. So, um, but he he's all right. I mean, I almost prefer him more as an antihero than as a Titans villain. Um. But he can be both. I feel, you know, I feel he writes depending out on whoever hires him as well. Like yeah, like that's way. you know, because I know some people are you know he's defined by the Teen Titan show as Slade, you know, where he's he's that shadowy guy that's messing with the Titans, um, and that's fair. But I, I kind of do like the, you know, he's out for himself only. So sometimes he can be the hero, should he choose, you know. Uh, but yeah. Yeah, I think for me he's a character who I I probably like him more as a villain. Um, when I liked a lot of Priest's book, I eventually did stop reading it just because of you know yeah. Priest writing is a bit dense. Dense, yes. Uh, it was like yeah. two issues in one. But there's an omnibus of that coming out that I bet yeah. reads phenomenally. Yeah, um, yeah, 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 very possibly. But I I I think typically though there's certain characters who I rather pop up as part of a story than be the main character that I follow. And I think Deathstroke for me kind of falls into that where I'm not as interested in sympathizing with Deathstroke and, and following him. Uh, so it's but... kind of almost the opposite of Matt. Where Matt likes, oh, he's out for himself doing his, his thing. You yeah. kind of like him as the villain, more or less. Yeah, but he doesn't have to be a Viking, be an anti-hero, but, uh, but more, well, more yeah, I like, part of an like... overall story rather than the, the, the protagonist. I, I liked how we were introduced to him in, in Unkillables, right? He's out doing a thing, right? Doing his mercenary thing and, and comes across a zombie plague. And then we're watching him survive that. I kind of like that aspect where, you know, if he takes out a bunch of zombies. I, I don't have to think about, is he a bad guy? You know, <laughs> like, oh, he's just surviving. Uh, Yeah. Um, 
So there you go, that's 42 additional. Uh, number 41, uh, another Titans character. We got Cyborg at number 41. Mm-hmm. The ne- next Titan. So that's been sort of Raven, Deathstroke, and Cyborg. So... Yeah. Uh, you can almost see that there's maybe like a group of like New Teen Titans fans that all kind of had yeah. these characters fairly high and they've all mm-hmm. kind of clumped. Well, I mean, all of them, but at least some of them here are yeah. clumping together. Uh, yeah, there's, there's a couple that I'm expecting to be significantly higher. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Cyborg, what a history Cyborg's had at this point. Uh, going from New Teen Titans to then being drafted to the Justice League um, and being the telephone pole for said Justice League. During Forever Evil, he had a, a, a really, like in the Justice League, so he had the Forever Evil series, but then in the supplemental Justice League arc, that was all Cyborg, and it's probably my favorite Cyborg story. Because it's him going through his origin and his issues with his parents and him wanting to be a star athlete, but they wanted him to be a, uh, you know, be a scientist like them. And there was just a, a whole thing. And then he gets, you know, reformed from that big, chunky version of himself where the technology looked kind of, you know, for comic book standards, it looked, you know, older. And, you know, he was brought in Sleeker, but then after that, nothing for a long time. But... Uh, I was a really big fan of that. It was like three or four issues uh, of him fighting. It's when he was fighting. What was that evil version of him from Earth 3? Oh. That was like, um, that was like the, the living virus. I want to say it was called something like Monitor or something like that. Something, yeah. Scan. No. I, I remember something. the thing you wrote about <laughs> yeah. it. I think it's safe to say that uh, my favorite stuff with Cyborg is when he's interacting with other characters and he is part of a team. Um, I, I as of yet, every cyborg like solo book I've tried, which admittedly is only like two, because there's not that many, but uh, ha- haven't grabbed me. But I mean, that could just be a case of the the, the creator, you know, the team. I mean, judging by how long those series lasted, I don't think they grabbed many people. No, uh, I'm not saying it doesn't have the fans, because pretty much every comic does, but by and large, they didn't sell very well. No, um. It's a shame, because when someone actually gives him some time and gives him something to do, he's actually quite good. But, uh, like I say, a lot of that Justice League run, he was just the I can teleport you from here to here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and that's it. But clearly, you know, he obviously has fans because he's he's made it onto this this list. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. Uh, I, I hope for more. I, mean, I like him on uh, on Doom Patrol. Yeah, on TV show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. And in many ways, he was the best thing about the Snyder Cut. It's a low bar. It's yeah. so a low Probably bar, admittedly. But... It is, and it's. I just. I don't know. That that it's super like much of that. It's just a super dour version. Oh of, sure. Of cyborg. It's so, very. Yeah, it's a very yeah. depressing. Just. Yeah. Yeah. So Snyder's take on it. The Snyder's take. <laughs> it's a very Zack Snyder interpretation yeah. of everything. <laughs> because I mean, the version on Doom Patrol, he's like, yeah, he has issues, but he's working through them. He's not just staring off into the sky, you know, mm. like we get a lot in the Snyder Cut. Um, to be yeah. fair, that's four hours long. There's a lot of people staring off out of the sky for the duration of that movie. Yeah, but Cyborg does it a lot. Like, a lot, a lot. Like, he's very pensive. Oh, dear. I, 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 I got out for that, but I'm never going to watch it again. No. So. no yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I guess the you point mean you is... don't want to watch Justice is Grey? Oh, Jesus. Don't even start. I guess the, the, the point of this, this conversation more than anything is that Cyborg is a character who deserves more than he's had. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of the 
the, his use and the politicizing of his use has almost been a detriment to just to having a, some good stories with the character. And it's gotten in the way a little bit. In a lot of ways, I feel like this conversation is very similar to what we've seen about Raven. In that, mm. he's got a lot of interesting stories as part of a team. Uh, and every time they've tried a solo thing, it's just not quite landed. Yeah, because I, you know, I know people are going to like be upset if I say things like you know, Raven, Cyborg, and Starfire, you know, belong together as a team, and I'm not really as interested in them as single characters or solo characters, but. I don't think that's a bad thing. I think there's tons... Like, if I think of, like, movies and TV shows that I love, like, there's so many characters who are only part of an ensemble, and that's okay. That's that's all I've ever liked them as. Uh, Except Starfire. Starfire can carry around books. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. As, as proven. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, even, like... And I'm not saying it's impossible to take anyone and make them a headliner and make them be a solo star and ascend them to that level. But, you know, I, I wouldn't say, like, Roy Harper, for example, is someone for me who's, like, achieved that either. Like, you know... I like him, and I like when he's in stories with, you know, Ollie or stories with Titans yeah. or whatever, but... He's one that is better off in, in a team. I yeah. think he's... You know? I, I liked when he was like Arsenal and uh, mm. doing that stuff. I thought it was really interesting at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it just, you know, had no directing for him. That's why they killed him. Uh, I mean, that's a, that's a common thing in comic books. They, they, they run out of things mm-hmm. to do for a lot of characters, they, and then some get left behind. Uh, yeah. Or some keep restarting over and over again because I try to find the thing that'll work and it just doesn't ever quite stick. Uh, all right, so Cyborg's number forty-one. Uh, number forty is Brainiac. Okay. One of the the best villains in DC Comics, uh, I would say. Yeah, I think this goes back to what I was saying earlier that there will be a handful of villains towards the top, but a lot of the time they they come down. Because I mean, the thing is, even if if I was making a proper list. There are a lot of heroes that I would want in the upper tiers of my list that don't have a villain that I would have on mine. Uh, that's, yeah, that's fair. I think Brainiac, as far as being a villain for specifically Superman, uh, is that he's a very different type of villain in that his threat is something that for the most part can't be punched or can't, you know, super strength can't be used against. And sure, yeah, if he finds Brainiac's central, you know, core, sure. But for the most part, it's something that's spreading through technology. It's something that's affecting people mm-hmm. it's affecting machines um you know how, how can someone punch a virus or a computer virus in this case specifically right. uh in many ways so if you don't find a way it's superman so you know very different from someone like <laughs> lex is more sort of main games uh versus you know like a zod who's there to you know fight mano and mano with uh with clark so uh, yeah. they I, offer something uh different i also like the collector aspect of brainiac hmm? like he's just going around and he sees something and he just takes it. Kind he's going to study it and of, keep it. He embodies a lot of terrible fans, doesn't he? Yeah, he does, which, which makes him a great villain. Yeah. All right. Brainiac, number 39. Uh, another fairly recent character, Damien Wayne. Okay. First, first Robin appearance. First Robin. Wait, no. Jason. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I, was say, I didn't know if you were doing that on purpose or not, and I was about to just go, yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, yeah, no. yeah, yeah. Um, um, okay, I th- that's fair. I like Damien. Oh, I love you know? Damien. I think Damien's uh, been a yeah. great character. I mean, so far, I would say the Robins have been ranked in the correct order. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> There's a big hmm. asterisk next to that, assuming Tim Drake shows up later. Um, because mm. I mean, Dick Grayson's in no doubt. Uh, I'm not worried about that one. Um, 
but we, we shall see. Hmm. Yes. I, I love the idea so we're getting closer to number one and some of the names that haven't appeared. They're either going to be very high and make you happy, or they're just not there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the tension is going to rise as, as we go through this. Uh, um, yeah, interesting that he, he was brought in in a similar way to, to John, right? Whereas there was a mm. kind of story that was kind of out of continuity, but yeah. Morrison decided to make it continuity. Uh, and he's been with us ever since. Uh, and I think he's a, he's a good character uh, now that he's been developed. Yeah, I've been uh, rereading that early Morrison stuff recently. Yeah. And uh, I saw, it, it was clear he was a very interesting character from the start. Um, I, I get why he was unlikable. I don't think he was supposed yeah. to be a likable character, but he was interesting and had a lot yeah. of room for development. And we have thankfully actually seen a lot of that development. I'd say the last couple of years have been maybe a little bit more unkind to Damien in that yeah. there seems to be a bit of like, well, what do we do with him? You know, you know Pete was saying earlier about you know kind of resetting things. Mm-hmm. I feel like we've been kind of doing that with Damien in some ways, that he's back to, no, mm-hmm. you know, villains need to be killed. Uh, yeah. Well, he's about to get his ongoing, like, so I mean, hopefully that will be like a, a, some steps forward. You know, his Teen Titans book that he was in, I mean, he did get to be the leader of the team and all that, but uh, ultimately it didn't, you know, amount to much. Uh, which admittedly, I mean, we weren't reading it, but... No, we never... but by all accounts, it led to him kind of having his own secret prison, right? And Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just taking everything into his own hands, which was kind of where we started with Damien. Which... It's something that I imagine will be a, a part of the continuity that we'll probably just choose to forget as time goes on and just not really uh, care all that much. Uh, but I think he's a very entertaining character. He's, he has uh, the humour that comes from him being a little shit. Uh, his chemistry with some of the others, Dick especially. Um, his chemistry with Stephanie Brown when those interactions happened were wonderful. Mm-hmm. I love his chemistry with Tim as well. I, I think he, he plays off all the Robins fantastically. <laughs> the fact that he tried to murder... Uh, Tim, early on, to take his Robin mantle. Yeah, uh, so I could only be one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he lives in Highlander rules. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can definitely see the, the him being raised on that. Yeah. I can see him walking around with a broadsword. I mean, he's more obviously yeah. he's been taught more as a ninja. So, but I can still yeah. see Damien with a broadsword. He can hold his own. Yeah. Assuming he could lift it. <laughs> He'll definitely try. And therein may lie the hilarity. Uh, number 38 is Mr. Miracle. Uh, specifically Scott okay. Free, which is not surprising, but... Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, this is the thing. Would, would this name have even touched this list had it not been for that Tom King book? I don't think so. As, as a big fan of the It's Not the Justice League stuff, which mm-hmm. he was a fairly big part of, I would like to think he would have made it on this list based on that, but in reality, he would not have because that was a long time ago, and most people haven't read that. Mm-hmm. But I'm happy anyway. His stature was infinitely like risen through that yeah. Tom King book. Um, yeah, and it's wonderful stuff. And it made me love the character. I hadn't read much with him. I'll definitely read that Justice League run at some point. But uh, everything in that book with him, the character development, the his backstory, the history that of you know how how he was swapped. As a child, uh, raised on Apocalypse, all that stuff is super fascinating. It comes from all the New God stuff. Like, uh, it's it's hard not to be drawn into a lot of that mythology that's uh, introduced. Yeah, Kirby really had 
a unique mind. Mm. Well, I mean, and he was borrowing from other mythologies, and that's why they're the new gods. Right, but know? the way he kind of draws it all together and reinterprets yeah. it, kind mm -hmm. of you know, presented a very unique way is, yeah. is pretty special. Mm -hmm. and his personality, I think, is particularly distinct, uh, given what he went through. It'd be very easy to write that backstory and have him be this little angry, you know, man, or, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, there's a very specific tactic to how he deals with his, his trauma and his pain and his sense of humour and his sort of depressed kind of it, nature. It would be easy to have him be bitter. Yeah. And jaded, but he's, he's not. Yeah, there's more because he could escape that. anything. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. yeah. He started with the most difficult place to escape ever, so everything else feels like a piece of cake, basically. That's exactly. that. Right. So, really cool. Uh, number 37 is Donna Troy. Uh, more of these, these Teen Titans. Wow, I'm shocked about this one. Uh, mostly because she hasn't had much to do for, you know... A long time. Yeah, I would say I'm probably uh, yeah. surprised that she's higher than the other Titans characters around this mm -hmm. area. Mm. I'm not... But I'm... <laughs> I'm not surprised she's on the list in general. But like, no. I would have, I would have expected her kind of lower than some of the others. Yeah, I mean, I like Donna. Yeah. Donna, she kind of falls into what I said about a lot of these other Titans, where I love her on New Teen Titans. I, I don't know if, uh, like, I'm not saying she couldn't become like a, a replacement Wonder Woman and take the mantle and all these other things, but it's one of these frustrating things with a lot of these characters, where at some point they moved on and, and Cassie became. The, the next one, and then now they're moving on again, and we've got Yara, and it's mm -hmm. like, these past potential mantle bearers almost get left in the dust a little bit once we've got a new one that we're, they all like. We're heading towards one day, we're going to do a battle for the cow. Yeah. <laughs> for, for Wonder Woman. Battle for the belt. Battle for the lasso. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Is there a word meaning battle that begins with an L? I don't think so. I'm trying to one for T for Tiara as well. Yeah. Tussle for Tia. Tussle. Ah, <laughs> get out of my brain. Get out of my brain. Uh, I like Donna though. I thought it was very much the straight man of the of the new mm -hmm. Teen Titans in a lot of ways. And I think sometimes yeah. that gets under-respected or under-appreciated by fans. Clearly she has a fan base and a lot of people do love Donna Troy. Um, yeah. I think anyone who's a big Wonder Woman fan who loves a lot of the, the various characters that connect to her, I imagine a lot of those people got Donna this high on the list. Um, but yeah, I mean, her whole when I started reading comics, she was killed by a Superman robot that was, you know, I forget the exact things, but that's what kicked off the the end of uh, what book was it? Young Justice and Teen Titan, and then or Young Justice and Titans, and then that led to Teen Titans, where Johns was writing. You know, they were dealing with with her death and and whatnot. So I was very unfamiliar with her for a long time. Mm. Uh, yeah, so, uh, yeah, her, her most kind of prominent days, sadly, I think, of were the 80s, and I don't know, like, I, she's definitely been in stuff since then, as you just brought up, but I don't yeah. know if any of it's been as loved or as important to people, uh, right. since then. Uh, but hey, that's not to say we should forget these characters, it's, you know, if, if all the best stories of yeah. someone was in the 80s, then that, they can still make it here for that, there's no, no problem mm -hmm. with that. Uh, number 36 is John Constantine. Okay, I'm I figured okay he'd been this. a little bit higher. I thought he was going to be low. I think I think he's he has a very passionate fan base. Yes, and the, and those people who have him probably had him quite high, but I don't think it's a huge fan base. Despite that, yeah, uh, everyone knows that I'm not a big John Constantine guy. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I think you can look at the fact that you know his his Virgo book went for you know three hundred odd issues. 
But everything they've tried since, you know, you're, you're lucky to get 12, 15 issues. Uh, and they've tried three or four times over the last, like, 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and none of them have sold that well. Uh, which I think it just goes to show to me that, like I say, very passionate, loud fan base. Not necessarily a huge one. Yeah. Um, I mean, he might even be my least favorite character on this top 50. Uh yeah, I, I'm not a big fan of his either. Like, yeah. he's fine <laughs> no, in small but, Maybe that's yeah. harsh. I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe Jason Todd's worse. But yeah, I, it's, yeah. It's <laughs> Jason, yeah, for sure. But it's, it's a taste thing. I just, I, I, for some reason, I've never attached to John Constantine. It's fine. You can both be awful. <laughs> well, look, I love Zatanna, right? I just Constantine, Constantine is is dingy, and I don't trust him. Did Matt just say so. Zantana? I think he said Zantana. Zantana. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I, slugs, I, I think but, he is yeah. very dingy, and that's that's the appeal. Nah. Not for me. I think nah. For a lot of people, I think that is the appeal. Well, let's move on to better and brighter things. Number 35 is Stephanie Brown. Okay. I'm pleased with this. I, I this, yeah. is a, this is a sort of name Well, again, there is a very passionate core people who love Stephanie Brown, myself mm-hmm. included. I could have definitely seen her either just missing the top 50 or only just squeaking on. So you get to 35, which is a significant chunk into it. I'm actually quite pleased yeah. with. Uh, yeah, I actually think she falls in a similar place to, to Constantine in a lot of ways. That loud, very passionate fan base who love her dearly. Not necessarily the biggest fan base ever. Yeah. Uh, obviously mm-hmm. her shining achievement is the, uh, the Batgirl run by Brian Q. Miller, but uh, she's obviously been very pleasant in Detective Comics after that and Rebirth. Before that, her time as Spoiler and even Robin briefly. Um, yeah. But uh, very bubbly, very entertaining, uh, different type of Batgirl. There's a lot to love about Stephanie Brown. Um, and it, it's one of these things. Where I think one of the things we're getting at here in terms of type of character, there's a lot of diversity in personalities and and uh and styles and strength and power levels and this the is the universe is very big it's a very yeah it's mm-hmm. a very big place uh, so this is the third robin to show up uh, technically that's true yeah yeah i would say still probably in the correct order as well oh. as of right now <laughs> interesting interesting well maybe not as a robin as a character yes as a, a, as robin, a character, she's... and i will make that same yeah. conceit later when dick grayson shows up above tim drake yeah. Uh, yes, he is a better character, but a worse Robin. So, yeah. better characters. Yeah. I suppose if Tim Drake's not on the top 50, technically, yes, that Grayson still appeared above him. So, aye, that's, that's fair. That, that would be accurate, yes. This, this guy. <laughs> Number 34, Poison Ivy. <sighs> not high enough. <laughs> <laughs> I like to think my ranking put her this far up. So... It definitely helped. Don't yeah. <laughs> deny that. Um, yeah, yeah I, I mean, I like Poison Ivy well enough, but I am not part of the the, the fan base. I am not part of the passionate Poison Ivy fan I, base. That's because you haven't watched the I, I, TV show yet. Well, yeah, I I just remember when I realized, like, wait, under other under other circumstances, she's a hero, you know. Um, but yeah, so she's she's just a great character. In you know, we talked about Black Adam, that he rides that line. She's another one that kind of does that. That depending on who's writing her, 
you it's know, because her goals are pretty much universally agreed upon to be good. Right. Well, that's the uh, thing. Yeah. It is now, but I do wonder if part of the reason why she's changed a little bit over the decades is because when she was first created, like a lot of the things she was arguing for, yeah. because people have a better understanding of climate change in the last like few decades, I wonder if that's like partly what swayed her to be more of an anti-hero than just a straight-up villain. Quite possibly, yeah. But I mean, we're going back decades at this point of her being this relatable. Yeah. It's just, uh, to the nineties, probably. Uh, I mean, yeah, eighties, nineties. Sorry? I mean, she was she was gone for a long time, too. Like, from the 60s, 70s, 80s, there's not a lot of Poison Ivy appearances. So, um, her yeah. popping back up. But I, I love her inclusion with, with uh, Harley. Like, that's a fun relationship, uh, you know. But then you have something like Cycle and Life and Death, where she's by herself and still carries a story. Um, I think she can hold a story on her own uh, in, in a yeah. way that some of these other characters we've been talking about, they're yeah. like, oh, yeah, they're, they're good in a group. They're good with certain characters. Yeah. No, no, she can hold it on her own as as like, you know, as an anti-hero or a straight-up hero, depending on who's writing her. Um, obviously, she works as a villain uh, in certain Batman stories, or she works great paired with you know, Harley uh, and mm-hmm. other characters of, of that ilk. Yeah. Very versatile. Oh. Very much so, and, and I mean, just the different versions of her too, you know, I like that they've built that in with mm. recently, you know, because she has part plant, so, and you know. Let's be honest, Matt likes red hair on ladies, and that's, that's that, I mean, that, that's, that's a big true. part of this. Uh, so, just pull it as I see it. Uh, number 33, Starfire, I don't know who that is, but... Uh. Hey! hey. <laughs> Uh, one for the long time yeah. fans. Yes, there you go. Yeah, uh, yeah Starfire. I'll Teen Titan. Starfire? Star... Uh, no, uh, yeah, I think me and Matt would probably have had her a bit higher, personally, but also yeah. in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, this is about right. I think in terms of the kind of Teen Titans characters we've had so far, uh, yeah, she's definitely above those, I would say. Yeah, uh, uh, over, I would say... Over the last 20 or so years, she's really gone from being, like, really associated with Nightwing. And that that's really it, you know, from them being almost married uh, and then just constantly, you know, another, basically almost a romantic rival for, for Babs mm-hmm. with, with Dick, to she's a fully fledged, fleshed out character that you really get into her, her backstory. Um she has and... absolutely her own personality, motivations, yeah. uh-huh. things that you can kind of understand, and uh, you know the things yeah. that let her carry a book herself, basically. And and funnily enough, the, what what got me to be a fan of hers was a Red Hood and the Outlaws during the New Fifty Two, that strangely it was written well by a writer who won't be named, um, that really dealt with, you know, her her basically basically being traded for peace, and then having to come up and fend for herself. And she's not just this princess, you know, with a cushy life that she, you know, she came to Earth because of, of various traumas, you know. Uh, but we've gotten away from that recently and just, you know, this this bubbly, you know, character that is trying to understand the world around her. But, you know, and I, I credit the Teen Titans show with a lot of that, too. Uh, yeah, I would say Teen Titans and uh, Teen Titans Go as well. Yeah. Continued that for a new generation. And kind mm-hmm. of reaffirmed that as the default Starfire personality. Yep. 
which I, I enjoy that take on Starfire, though. Me so too. I'm okay with that. Yeah, me too. But yeah, she she has a multifaceted, and you know, sometimes she slips through through the cracks. But um, always always happy to see her show up, like like in that Kyle Higgins Nightwing story. I think it was the New Order. Yes, I believe. Yeah, that was that was great. That was a, a different version of her that I wasn't expecting. So yeah. And man, definitely neither was Ivy me. and Starfire back to back. That's great. This is, this is definitely Matt had these high on his list. Point of the, hundred <laughs> percent, I did. Uh, yeah, Teen Titans Go, uh, Starfire, maybe my favorite <laughs> interpretation of her. To be honest, <laughs> she is pretty great in that show. That show uh, is so underrated. I, yeah, I, uh, I guess another one where my, all my favorite Starfire stuff probably comes from New Teen Titans. Like, as part of that team, yeah. as part of that ensemble, her her chemistry with everyone else, including Dick, as much as I am definitely more of a Dick yeah. Babs kind of guy. Did you ever try the uh, Palmyot O'Connor like, uh, run uh, towards the end of the New 52? The one I that did. me and Matt love. I did not. I, I think you might actually really like that, if you like the Teen Titans Go version of Starfire. Yeah. It's very much in that vein. I'll take that into consideration, but I don't think, you know, Palmyot and Connor, I don't think I've liked anything by him. I've, I've always assumed you wouldn't like it. Uh, and I've never really, like, you know, me and Matt love it. We've never really pushed it for you. Right. But I didn't realize you enjoyed the Teen Titans Go uh, interpretation yeah. so much. Mm. I know. I always say. Yeah. But hey, uh, Starfire. Uh, number 32, Hawkman. Hey, man. Another, another I one of mine. Yeah, and another one that I suspect is higher now than it would have been a couple of years ago. And while as as always kind of had a fan base, I think yes, coming off of a high profile run that was pretty well regarded by anyone who read it. Hawkman, uh, and that's part of this is just a coincidence, just depending on who submits their list early on versus mm -hmm. later. But there was a time early on after the first like ten to twenty entries where Hawkman was in the top ten and took a while yeah. to drop out, and he, obviously he's dropped way under that now, but. Uh, there was a little bit of time where it, uh, there was a, bit, a lot of Hawkman fans back-to-back -back early on who were ranking that, him highly. That tells me the people who submitted their lists early are likely the people who are fairly up-to-date with the comics and are likely the people who had been reading that run. So mm -hmm. it was kind of, you know, fresh mm -hmm. in the mind. Okay. Okay. But, uh, yeah, Hawkman's cool. I, I have no... He's, he's a character who I, I enjoy when he pops up. I enjoy uh, his, his presence and a lot of stuff, team books, whatever. Um, I'm not passionate for Hawkman on his own, but yeah, that doesn't say that I'm not willing to be swayed yeah. by uh I by think it story. really depends on the writer, too, and what they want to do with him. Because mm. I, I definitely prefer the Carter Hall, you know, falling through time Hawkman versus... You know, the space cop. So uh, you, you prefer Indiana Jones Hawkman, is what you're saying? Yeah, shocker, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, but, but yeah. Um, and I know John's tried to, during the New 52, try to meld those best as he could and made him the super aggro, like, barbarian Hawkman. Um, yeah, what was even... That was, that was the name of the book, wasn't it? it was, I think it was the Savage Hawkman. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I was just like, okay. I didn't, I didn't enjoy that one as much as when Venditti got his hands on him and you know, kind of melded them. Reconciled but, everything, uh, but also let yeah. us have the fun, pulpy adventures. Mm -hmm. Mm hmm So, but yeah. Number 31 is Sinestro. Ooh. Getting some serious yeah. names now. Uh, we are. Um, so far out of the villains that have been brought up, I, I, he's my favorite. I mean, I'm not counting Poison Ivy as a villain, of course. 
I just wanted to hear. It's telling that so far a lot of the villains, not all, but a lot of them are the mm -hmm. not relatable, isn't the word I'm for, but the ones that yeah. have really well formed motivations that people understand. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, yeah. We've got Ivy, yeah. you know, Sinestro, obviously. Uh, I just, the thing I love about Sinestro is that he, he has that pompousness to him that he is always right, even when he's wrong. Uh, and that's why he balanced his Hal Jordan so much because Hal's a lot of the same, but it's what they do with that belief that makes I him different. That. Hal is definitely arrogant, but he doesn't mm -hmm. have the, the, the pompousness. I think yeah. it's almost like a class thing where mm -hmm. like Sinestro comes off like nobility almost yeah, uh, yeah. in the way that he carries himself and, and has that, that yeah. arrogance whereas yeah. Hal comes across as it, it's almost arrogance through ignorance in a lot of ways yeah uh, he's Hal's a guy that's like I'm good at things just because in Sinestro's like I'm good at things because I'm Sinestro because I deserve you know? to be good at things yeah, yeah. and so but no, I, I really like him and you know the Green Lantern run from John's really cemented that just because he was he was basically the secondary character at a certain point. Mm. You know, it was him and Hal and the creation of the Sinestro Corps and all through that and then his redemption, you know, which was short lived, but you know, he kinda had learned his lesson of will versus fear. Uh but and then recently kinda kinda returning to form. Uh, more on the bad side of things. But he's interesting nonetheless. Yeah, yeah Sinestro's great. I, I think you know a lot of the mythology where they added in you know the yellow core and all all the rest of it uh, did add a lot to what you could do around Sinestro. He was always an interesting character. He, he always had depth, mm -hmm. but that expired things significantly. There's a balancing act, you know, in the years since where you know you you can overplay the, the different cores a bit too much and stuff. But yeah, um, it still uh, amazes me how how quickly all those different cores became just, this is how it's always been. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's no, it's hard to think of Green Lantern now as just, oh, there's only green. Right. Where it's still like the minority of its existence. I, I will never forget turning that page in Green Lantern 25 and seeing the preview of the War of Light and being like, what are all of these different core, you know? Uh, because it was so new and fresh. And now, like Connor said, They've always just been there. It's stuff you know? in a way that not a lot of stuff does. In terms, you know, the odd character here or there, sure, but in terms of significantly changing the landscape of well, an concepts. entire section, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's huge. Um, and, and the way it just, no, no, no this is it. Uh, and, and no one's ever tried to go back on it. No one's ever really pulled away mm -hmm. from it. Uh, I think it maybe just be an indication that Green Lantern needed some sort of extra layer that was missing, yeah. and when it was given yeah. it, everyone just kind of, you know, oh, this is a great idea. Yeah, sure. Well, just that whole idea from, from Kyle's Green Lantern to Hal's Green Lantern, they are completely different because there was no core. You know, Kyle was just kind of by himself doing more superhero-y things. Uh, you know, and then you had that whole space opera level and even the core itself. Early and on. and, and yeah. sometimes I do think Green Lantern is a... Is a as a corner struggles with the balance of the space opera stuff with mm -hmm. the regular superhero stuff. Sometimes it weighs mm -hmm. too much in one direction. You know, over the last right. 10 years, it's been a wee bit too space opera all the time. Yeah. Uh, yep. A little bit away from the uh, the more specific superhero stuff. But, 
But Sinestro's not really been at fault for any of that. <laughs> so No, yeah. he's been interesting and, throughout all of it. Yeah. I mean, hell, I mean and, the, the and, stuff I loved, I mean, the bit, when we hit the New 52, and we had the last little chunk of Johnsy's run, mm-hmm. the most interesting, because I think most of the best stuff of Johnsy's run was before New 52. I don't think anyone would argue against that. Yeah. But the best thing about that post, sort of New 52 part was the idea that Sinestro could be redeemed and that he, you know, he wasn't, you know, the idea that Hal had to admit that he could be redeemed. Like, that was easily my favourite yeah. thing about that last little chunk of his run. Mm. Yeah. So, uh, I think it makes one, Matt. Just as I will tell you, number 30, uh, which is Cassandra Kane. Uh, Ooh, another, another that girl. Yeah. Uh, Cassandra, you know, Cassandra has a fan base uh, that's been bubbling away for a long time. Um, and I, I came to her kind of late uh, versus a lot of the other fans. Um, through going back and you know, reading some of No Man's Land and reading some of her own Batgirl book and whatnot. Uh, but I think, I think she was such a a low-key, like, show-stealer from Detective Comics and Rebirth. Like, she, the, the plots weren't typically revolving around her, but her presence and the way she carried herself and the, the way she was using that book, she, she was easily becoming a fan favourite for a new generation her, based on that. Her fan base is as quiet as she is. In that. Like, <laughs> you know, I think, like, clearly this demonstrates there's a, a, you know, a yeah. lot of fans, and you know, she yeah. carried an ongoing for years. Yeah. Well, um, it was the first Batgirl book. I mean... Yeah. Babs never had her own book up until right. but it was, that was what, like sixty odd issues, something like that. Yeah, yeah, like sixty-seven uh, issues, something like that. That mm, run right. was sixty-seven. Yeah, in that range, so quite meaty. Yeah, but you don't really hear like in, in the same way that you, we, you know, there are loud Stephanie Brown fans, there are loud, you know, Constantine fans. There's not really that many loud Cassandra Kane fans. People just no. like, yeah, she's cool. Everyone knows it. Yeah. Yeah, Cass is great. I, I, um. I think because she has to communicate differently, uh, she has mm-hmm. some of those qualities. This is a, like a weird comparison, but she has some of the same qualities that, say, a Groot has, and that because she doesn't communicate in the same way as everyone else does, it forces the storytelling to kind of like have her show her emotions or act mm-hmm. in different ways. And it, it makes her more sympathetic. It makes her feel a little bit more uh, innocent, even if she isn't in a lot of ways because she has as a trained killer. <laughs> and, and yeah. She is very dangerous, you know, if she wanted to be evil, but that's where a lot of the heart comes from is because she actually loves the idea of being a bat and she wants to, she takes, takes those teachings in and it's kind of uplifting. Yeah. So She was kind of proto-Damien when you think about it. Because when you think about her lineage... In some what ways. She deci- yeah. uh, what she decides to do, you know. I didn't see um, that comparison. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A little bit, yeah. Uh, really good stuff. And, you know, uh, Steph and Cass are both getting a little bit... Uh, you know, a little bit of a nice position right now. Yeah. Which is nice to see. So, uh, it's cool stuff. Uh, number 29 is Catwoman. Hmm? I honestly figured she'd be higher at the list. I was a little bit surprised at this as well. Uh, the entire way, she was kind of in the fight and she was always going to be in the top 50, but I was surprised that she was always kind of middling in the results. Yeah. She was never close to the top. And I, I kind of expected her to have a bigger... Uh, it kind of goes back to what we were talking about on the, on the last issue of the main show when we had last episode of the main show we had issue 30 mm-hmm. of Catwoman and we were talking about how between us we don't tend to love Catwoman books that much they just there always seems to be one that it never sells amazingly as as we talked about in the mm-hmm. you know in the in the sales section but it's it's just always there and that kind of lines up with displacement and that yeah she's always there she's just kind of yeah, middle of the road like as a character as a book just Chugging along reliably, 
never could have excelled. Yeah, huge, huge. I mean, the cosplayers love her. Like, there's tons of cosplays for. for mm -hmm. I think it's because it's a very simple costume for well, the most part that you know, people can recreate. Not even just that. Yeah, there's, also, there's a lot of variety like, as well. Yeah. You, people, people were doing the I wedding dress. Looks. People were doing you know yeah. all of her various different eras. You know. Yeah. So. Yeah. She definitely always has a good design. Even even though I don't like the current suit, you know, the Michelle Pfeiffer suit, you know, um, it is iconic. It is. And that's the thing. I think even those, like I say, they're quite varied, but all of them are, at their core, quite simple costumes yep. that, uh, that people can create and you know, make themselves uh, without too much difficulty, unlike a lot of other characters. Yeah, and, and despite us talking about her popularity being kind of in this like sort of high middling range, that's not to say that there's clearly not a lot of good story particularly because her stuff uh over the last few years, like you know, even though I mean King's Batman run Batman run meta went down towards the end, but a lot of the Selena stuff throughout in that first half especially was fantastic. The current yeah. book he's doing is great. The current Catwoman book is fantastic. Like there's a lot of good storytelling with Selena Kyle. It's all over the place. There has been, for you, like, going in the, towards the end of New 52, you had the, the Valentine run, which is all the, the mob stuff. That was great. Going further back, you know, you got the, the Brubaker stuff, you got the Darwin Cook stuff. You know, mm -hmm. there's a lot of really great Catwoman stories out there. Yeah, so, yeah. Catwoman. Yeah. Uh, number 28 is Captain Marvel. A.K.A. Shazam. I said Captain Marvel first because if I say Shazam, you might think I'm mean the wizard. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I don't, I don't think we would have done. Yeah, but I'm, I'm making it clear, David. Um, I almost said that's Carol. She's not in this universe. <laughs> don't don't be a filthy casual. <laughs> I mean, there is a reason why they had to stop calling him Captain Marvel. You know, for sure. Like, he became Shazam, uh, and I feel like she's a big reason for it. So. Uh, but I I do prefer the Shazam name. I mean, it is a little unclear, but it's it's uh, one of those things where I think if you once you get into DC Comics, uh, you just become you come to understand that you know both names apply to this character, mm -hmm. and it's a, it's part of the learning curve. Uh, but some people have a really strong attachment to be like, no, this is Captain Marvel. And I'm like, I just don't care. Yeah, I don't care that much either. But it's the kind of thing where I'm happy to use that name too, and it's not like. I don't actively avoid it, but I also don't intentionally try to confuse matters if we're, you know... I think I, I probably, at this point, use Shazam more naturally than I do Captain Marvel. Yeah. Because, yeah. Uh, because like I was saying, you, because we have a Captain Marvel over at Marvel, and uh, if I want to talk about that, that's the only name I've got there, I'm more likely to just say Shazam, just to differentiate it without having to specify to most people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, no, there's some, there's some fair fairness to that. Um... Yeah, I, I like, uh, I, I think Shazam's kind of this, this character who has struggled to adapt as eras have changed a little bit, because there is a sort of inherent, yeah. you know, kid friendliness to him that doesn't necessarily work for every era of comic books. Uh, so he's even, I think he's even harder to adapt than Superman is, because we always hear about Superman being hard to write, uh, yeah. but obviously... It always comes back around, and we always end oh. up with good Superman stories again at some point, right? The problem is between them, like Superman. The idea is no, he's a good person, right. and some people are like that can't be the case, <laughs> and, and, and that's why it's difficult to adapt, mm -hmm. apparently. But we can kind of understand, yeah, they're a good people. Um, well, the idea of Billy Batson being a totally pure, innocent kid is a right. lot harder to believe because we that's all know kids are terrible little shits, right? <laughs> and, and especially when you build in the whole family aspect. 
there, yeah. especially in the New 52. And it's like, well, Billy's a bit of a, a jerk, but there's not it's not without reason. But he's still a good person. And so that was always my when people would complain that, oh, this is not Billy Batson. He's not a pure kid. I was like, well, I mean, he he's still a good kid. You know, I think Shazam is a really fun concept, and I I do kind of love the the expansion of the family and having obviously Freddie mm-hmm. and Mary have always been kind of a part of it, but yeah. adding in the others and having this more more team. Uh, yeah. I, I think it is it is the makings of a really good like family friendly like kids show. Uh, you know, if you, if yeah. you wanted to translate into a different medium, like obviously the movie exists, but I mean. Um, like I, I can see there being a t- I can almost imagine the opening credits of the nineties TV show where all the kids are like on the screen with their names and the, but it transitions into I mean it's, it's basically just Power Rangers but instead of putting on the outfits yeah. they turn into other actors to yeah. be the. I, I almost feel like this version of Shazam would be a good Saturday morning cartoon. For sure, you know? definitely. Because you have you have all those elements and I can't remember who the youngest one is. Darla? I can't remember her name. Who? The Darla. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like her especially, like kind of the the cartoon through her perspective, you know. Yeah. But and that, that is one of the better additions. And she was I'm imagining fan this favorite as like, like a almost Rugratsy. Kind of. I, I can see kind of playing it that way. Rugratsy. Yeah. I wasn't going quite that far, but sure. <laughs> no, no. But if you really want to, you know, Saturday morning kids cartoon. Yeah. Shazam family like as Rugrats. Obviously, that they're not that young, but uh, in in tone and style of what it is i can kind of really see it playing that way and the, the group dynamic yeah but no i i like billy um i just i feel that for the longest time he was just a jsa character and really not on his own for whatever reason and then eventually you know and i forget the exact stuff but when we had freddie rolling around in shazam in the trials of shazam i thought that was an interesting take on the character but it wasn't the same. Like it was just felt like something was missing. So when we got Billy back and you know the that whole side of things, uh, I was very eager to read it. And and then it's kind of been up and down ever since. So it's a really different corner of DC Universe that I do wish we had like a more consistent book to spend time in. Yeah. Uh, you know, and then the book that we had there for about a year or so, or it was much longer technically, but because of delays. But uh, yeah. but in terms of issue count, it was about a year or so. <laughs> Like, you know, it wasn't made up to the standards as we were hoping for and get really exploring that side of things as much as we would have liked. Um, and I, I really, it, and I think Captain Marvel or Shazam for me is a, again, much much like Cyborg in a lot of ways where I think there's a lot of potential. I mean, I think I like Shazam a bit more than Cyborg, but in the same vein where I think there's a lot of potential that's not quite been tapped. And uh, so I like the concept. I like the character. I don't know if he's quite had the, the history of the stories where I would have them quite as high as this, if you know, on my own personal yeah. list. Uh, but I do like I do, I do like the, the the mythology a lot of the uh, the characters and all that mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, so uh, number twenty seven, Mister Gold. <laughs> yeah, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure who you were expecting with the dramatic pause, but uh... I, I I don't know, but uh, I'll, I'll take it. Oh, booster! People like Booster Gold. I mean, clearly, yeah. I mean, he's not quite in the top half. He's close. Yeah, he's close. Um, for me, it was really his story in, in 52, mm. uh, just to see him because 
I was a little bit familiar with like the I can't believe it's not the Justice League and Justice League International and the goofier side, but basically him being this basically reality show superhero and then the redemption that he gets from that um, and then becomes an agent of time. I just it's it's kind of stuff that I like in my sci fi, the timey wimey uh, and just the fact that he's his heart's in the right place, but he's a big dunderhead he's he's uh, fun is what he is yeah well he's he's if if andy dwyer was given a super suit kind you of know is. yeah so and that's what i love and then the fact that you can have ted you know counter that and the fact that that's what we got you know in 52 was a a booster out of balance um i think that's what makes it but yeah just his whole story and how it plays across DC continuity. I mean, I feel like it's uniquely suited for me. It is, and, and because of his time traveling, he can kind of pop up anywhere and interact yeah. with anyone. Like, um, they had an arc with him in uh, Old Star Western, uh, yeah. you know, crossing over with uh, Jonah Hex uh, in the early New 52 stuff. That was pretty fun. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Libra's cool, just fine. Uh, <laughs> I like him in 52 a lot, and uh, I, I tend to enjoy him when he shows up. You know, he was in. Well, it had some issues. You know, there was that Batman arc in, in King's Batman where he was heavily featured, uh, which yeah. got oddly dark in some ways. It got, it got super dark and kind of not the booster I like, right? Like, um, lost his fun. Again, yeah. Mm. Lost his smile, like Sean Michaels. Yeah, there he is. <laughs> let's, let's not go there. I going to bring up some, some Bret Hart stuff and. <laughs> yeah. Is that how Ted is? Is Ted Bret Hart in this? Uh, no, no, because they're friends. So oh, that's, okay. You can't. Uh... Well, who's Booster's arch nemesis? Does he have one? Um. Publicity. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, you could say mm -hmm. it's uh, Per Degaton, right? The, the time traveling Nazi guy. But that's more yeah. of a Rip Hunter, you know? Yeah. Um, Rip Hunter JSA stuff more. I, I mean, Booster, yeah, Booster's really his own villain. You know? Kind so I guess is. that makes sense that the HBK is, is booster. Yeah. <laughs> There's comparisons there to be made. Yeah. Uh, right, so booster goes number 27. Number 26, just missing out on that top 25. Uh, number 26 is Jessica Cruz. Ah, there she is. Yeah. Uh, this, this is the one I was referring to earlier. I, I, yeah, I obviously I had Jessica Cruz quite high. I, she has my favorite Green Lantern. Uh, I have loved her, basically all of her stuff since her debut and the mm -hmm. building of that character. Uh, and part of that is that she got to like flex a lot by having a nice 60 issue run with another character I, where I'd she say, got to be a main, you know. She probably has the highest batting average of any of our lands. Yeah. yeah uh? in, in the sense that, don't get me wrong, it's, it's not a small amount, but she has less time than most of the others. Um, but you know she hasn't really had a bad story yet. Whereas all the others, you can think of bad examples. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, this is this is one where sometimes, like you know, adding new characters to comic book universes can be a little difficult. A lot of them don't stick, but sometimes it happens quite quickly. And sometimes you realize. I mean, uh, look at, again, Yara Floor. Like we read one is one issue of her and went, you know what? I think they're onto something here. <laughs> they, they, this might be. Yeah 
something that's sticking I, around. I don't think we knew that this quickly with Jessica Cruz. No, no. I, no I, I think it was a few arcs of the book of the Green Lanterns before we started to kind of feel like, oh, she may actually be great. She was introduced in Johns's Justice League. Yes. Yeah. And I don't think anyone while reading that book was like, oh, she's going to be my next favorite well, Lantern. She. No, I don't think that, but she was like she stood out out the gate because of her her origin, right? And it, it added a new layer to the Green Lantern I mythos is like she was she was always unique in that book, but I don't think she necessarily uh, oh, I didn't know oh she has staying power for years when I was reading it. I, don't know, I, I think a lot of people related to her just because of that struggle. Whereas Hal, right? Hal's a fighter pilot or a test pilot. John was in the the Marines and is an architect. Kyle was an artist, right? Guys, you know, yeah, guys just he's guy. He's brash and that's where his role. But Jessica came like someone that lived through fear, you know, and that defined her. So the fact that she was able to tap into it, I do I do feel think I feel a lot of people it was, it was related to that more than the other I think it's planets. more of an empowering story is maybe the yeah. key thing again. Well, well I absolutely agree with all this and I understand why she's had an enduring legacy. I think the fact is, you know, you're saying all these things, and you know, Simon Baz was around as well. Yeah, uh, and and I don't. He clearly has not had quite the same impact as Jessica Cruz. Yeah. I'll be very, very shocked if he shows and up I mean, her on this list now. It, it's his origin is great too for widening the scope of you know fear and what that means and how that you know. Uh, how some people internalize that. Yeah, I mean, Simon Bazzi's origin, of course, introduces a, another window of a type of person that can, can be involved yeah. in Green Lantern. Yeah. But I think, I think Jessica, though, because she comes from this place where she was crippled with fear, so when I talk about her story be feeling more empowering than everyone else's in terms of the Lanterns and, like, mm -hmm. their journey to actually being able to command the ring, it actually has more of an uplifting vibe to it. Yeah. Uh, so... I, I'm not disagreeing with any of this i just think it's more like if i was looking at their first appearances i would have expected simon baz to you know be the one that stuck around have more of an impact than the first, you know we're reading the first impact uh, you know first appearance of jessica and it, cruz and it just shows sometimes you can't tell based on yeah yeah no, I, one, I agree yeah yeah one issue or what you know even the first arc or whatever you know mm -hmm. uh may even take years sometimes for the the actual kind of equilibrium of who's going to stick and who's going to have a bigger audience sometimes just because one creator is on a book and keeps using them on the same book like you know they're mm. part of one book but, but, but it can run for 50 issues it mm. can feel like oh these are going to be here forever because they're here but as soon as that creator leaves that character's never seen from again and you, you know even though they were there for four years yeah they, they don't have that long-term power sometimes and jessica's got a fan base at this point that even though she isn't primarily a main character in a book right now like, she's around in the universe, and they're going to use her again, because there's too much of a fan base now. There so. is no doubt that she is a permanent, long-term yeah. Green Lantern at this point. So that's number 26, which is uh, 25, which, so we're in the, mm -hmm. the, the top half. We're getting to the, the more coveted spots. And number 25 is Harley Quinn. Yeah, this checks out. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's a mix here of obviously her being very, very, very popular, and then probably a, a vocal enough group of people who are against Harley Quinn and they're sick of her and hate the stale that she brings. I, again, a lot like Jason Todd, it depends on the creatives behind yeah. her. There are definitely um, different takes. Um, yeah. I've enjoyed more than I haven't, I would say, of Harley overall. It's one of those things where 
if all things were equal between every character, they'd all have, you know, a reasonably similar amount of good versus bad stories, maybe with just some ideas being better. But the thing is, though, is that Harley Quinn becomes popular enough that so many people want to try and write good stories that is that the balance is completely thrown off. So, you know, when we compare it to Jason, I mean, I think Harley's had more shining moments than Jason has because so many people have tried to do good stories with her and want to do their take on her that... Arguably, she has maybe even had more bad stories as well, though, just on the sheer volume of stories that are out there now. But I don't know if that matters as much. You know, you don't remember the bad ones as much. No, No, not unless they're truly terrible. You tend to just forget about them. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's just why, it's why there's so many good Batman stories because so many people love Batman, they just keep trying to write good and, Batman stories, so there's tons of them. Unlike Jason Todd, Harley Quinn got a TV show, which is pretty fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Tends to help, let's be honest. Yes, I mean, Harley was already pretty up there in popularity before the TV show, but he was even sniffing at conception. Yeah, but... uh, yeah, yeah, but I guarantee it helps. Uh, uh, yes, uh, no doubt it helped. Um... But uh, speaking of cosplaying uh, popularity, Harley Quinn's definitely... There, that's probably number one. Yeah. There was a time at one of the local cons here, me and my buddy counted 45 different Harleys. I think especially after the uh, the first Suicide Squad movie, where yeah. it was just the, the t-shirt and shorts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because that was so similar. Like every, you know, everywhere was selling those t-shirts. You, know, yeah. like you could just go into a search. You, you didn't have to you know, make your own. You could just go and buy one. Right. Like pretty mainstream stuff. I do. I do wonder actually, when it comes to certain characters, like how much the cosplaying community starts like really getting into them. Like how much does that affect and add to the popularity? Because I think someone like Harley Quinn, even going all the way back to the nineties, I think very quickly cosplaying Harley Quinn became a thing. And mm-hmm. I do wonder, like, how much of that almost spreads more interest in the character because people are seeing Harley Quinn's walk around. It just, it just helps with the uh, exposure. Yeah. Just, you know, yeah. feeling like, oh no, this is a, a this is a character that I should know, almost. Well, I but, mean, she got her own movie before a lot of other Batman characters, you know? Yeah, I mean, versus someone like, uh, I was looking down the list here, Sinestro. Like, harder to cosplay yeah. Sinestro, right? And Sinestro didn't necessarily need that push, but maybe that's why Sinestro's not more popular than Harley Quinn, because there's yeah. not as many people painting their skin like a weird kind of pinky colour and... Yeah, well, uh, and it ties to Batman and Joker and Oh, I mean, that helps too, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Connections so. do help. But uh, yeah, mm-hmm. Harley Quinn. Uh, and Harleen was so phenomenal that she... I like how Matt's there just boiled down to it's not what you know, it's who you know, yes. essentially. Some, sometimes, I do think that's where it started from, but again, as someone who's who's warmed up to her through Harleen and through the, the show and then Tynan's take on her right now, you know, it's... I mean, yeah. Until Harleen, I would I had the character. I, I I liked her uh, as a character to pop up in stories. You know, you hate she was a lot of it though. No, yeah, I, but she was easy to. I don't say ignore because that sounds too harsh. But like, if me and Pete didn't want to read that Harley Quinn long running book, it didn't impact anything else in DC. Uh, that's, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. No, I you mean, I, I didn't hate the character of Harley Quinn. I never did. Yeah. That is absolutely putting words yeah. in my mouth. Like, I liked her when she popped up in Hush, when she popped up as the Joker's yeah. like sidekick, or when she popped up in the animated series. She was fine in all these roles, but I was never that interested. At least, and from what I tried, any take where she was the main character, Harley mm-hmm. was the one that said, "Hey, you can do a psychological torture story about how her turning to this like." evil side because joker's this influence and how mm-hmm. he gets in her head and you know uh like oh this is interesting there's actually something here this is not just deadpool jokes right <laughs> mm-hmm. or riley rosmore 
Well, that helps. Yep. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. Um, I'm not so... reading the first one, by the way. <laughs> Jump into issue two. Uh, I don't did know. The pa- did, did the patron ask you the issue one? No, I think uh, that's why I'm assuming it's just this new one that's coming out. Nah, I think I asked and they said yes, start uh, issue you, one. You, you never told me that. Uh, let me double check. I'll double check uh, okay. after we're done. But I'm, I'm pretty sure you may go back and start issue one. Okay, fair enough. Uh, but uh, yes. Um, all right. Where are we? Number twenty-four. Uh, John Stewart, not a Green Lantern. Uh, okay. Here. So. Again, I'm not surprised by this one. You know, like I said, for as a for for a you know multiple generations, this is their Green Lantern. Yeah. If you grew up with the Justice League animated show, if you were reading Green Lantern in the 70s into the 80s, there was a mm-hmm. lot of John Stewart around that time. Uh, and then Between that, the 70s and 80s in the comics, 90s for the TV show. That's a good amount of people. And then, of course, coming yeah. back to like being part of the... You know, because once Green Lantern got popular again in the 2000s, it was like, oh, we'll have a second book where John's kind of one of the leads. You know, he was... A yeah. prominent feature in Green Lantern Corps, and then mm-hmm. that that went into your. It was basically his so. book for a while. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, um, so I, I'll never forget when I was in college, and the Johns, the Johns run was just kicking off, and I was talking to one of my friends, and who he'd only watched the Justice League animated show. That was like his touchstone, and I was like, "Yeah, it's a really good book. If you ever want to read it," and I showed him. He goes, "Wait, why is Green Lantern white?" <laughs> because to I, him, I don't the, think that's a unique reaction. Yeah. And he was just shocked that, oh, he was just one of many, you know, and because he wasn't digging and doing any research just to watch the cartoon, you know, but he, that was his Green Lantern. So. Yeah, John, John Sure is a good character. He's kind of, I kind of I don't know who I said this about earlier, but he's kind of the straight man. And sometimes the straight man and yeah. in, in the group gets a little ignored because they are the yep. straight man. And I think he's a little bit on the blander side of Green Lanterns. I mean, I... He, for me, like in the Green Lantern Corps, he was that leader type that like I wish I wish I knew Star Trek enough to to know to compare him to, <laughs> you know. But uh, you know, he he was that like like Pete said, he was the straight man, and he could bounce off of Guy or Kilowog or any of these other bigger personalities, and mm. you know, be the foundation for the story. So, but. But yeah, he's, he's, he's decent. This is the other... What, what Lantern is this showing up now? Uh, so fourth? Maybe fourth, yeah. Yeah, we had Guy... Okay. Yes, Sinestro? Yeah. Well, I mean, sure, Sinestro. I've been counting him, yeah, I suppose. Um, yeah, he was a All good right, man. him, Guy, Sinestro, Jessica, and now John, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and obviously, very passionate base, because you know, he, he ranked uh, higher than some of those other names. And... Uh, uh, much much higher than Guy, quite rightly, may I add. Uh, yeah, you know, so people are allowed to be wrong. <laughs> so yeah, uh, yeah, cool. That's Judge Stewart. Number twenty three is Darkseid. Really? <laughs> that surprises you, Matt? Yeah, Darkseid. I, I yeah. <laughs> I don't find it particularly like interesting really like i mean eh, all right he's ultimate space hitler what's not to like as a as a villain actually that's a good sentence uh, yes yeah. 
What's not to like about that being your big villain is what yeah. I meant by that, clearly. I don't know. Maybe because he's surrounded by more colorful villains like Desaad and Granny Goodness, the Furies. I'll give you Granny Goodness, but he's more interesting than Desaad. Come on. Yeah. I, not Desaad. Who's the guy that's the, the propaganda? Um, Godfrey. Godfrey. Where's uh, okay, sure. Godfrey? And like, I don't know. There's just these bigger characters. I'll tell you this right now. If, if Matt says Steppenwolf, he's done. <laughs> Kick him Look, off the show. I am a huge DC fan, and and the inclusion of Steppenwolf in that movie still befuddles me. Like, you have numerous other new gods. Does, does it matter which which design they went with, Matt? No, no. Joe, 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 about it is that I think a lot of DC fans like they hear who the villain Justice League is going to be. They say yeah. Steppenwolf, and you're like, it's basically that moment from Guardians, be like. Huh? <laughs> that band from the seventies? Steppenwolf. Weird flex. Steppenwolf. Yeah. Um. Okay, now he's got a kill design. He is big. He's intimidating. Uh, he's presented as the biggest bad. Uh, that you know, takes on the Justice League, yeah, takes on is. Superman. You know. Um. I get it. I, I. I. You know, it's maybe less of a character appeal and more of like a an aura and a design and all the mythology that surrounds him. Like, there's a lot of things going into this beyond just. I. I. I actually think you kind of hit it on the head and just saying Dark Side is. Yeah, that sums up a lot of his popularity. Like, it's not about his story or he's that villain. It's just no, he is. He has that presence. Hmm. Yeah. Oh. So that's that's neat. Uh, Dark Side is number 23. Number 22! <clears throat> Kyle Rayner. Connor didn't work. <laughs> I look, I'm, I, I'm pretty sure our audience did this just to spite me, personally. Yes. Hey, look, believe it or not, Kyle has a lot of fans. Uh, <laughs> no one can have a Why? fan of that crab match. Kyle has a lot of fans. Uh, look, it's just you just have to accept it that he is I will great. Never accept it. He's expressive. He has that glorious right. crab mask. And if you're watching this and Rainer's your favorite lantern, I want to know your favorite story so I can read it because I just <laughs> don't get it. And I'm not saying this just to be a, a jerk, but I just like with Kai. I just I get it. He was he was a lantern at a time where people started reading comics and stuff. But just like as a character, I don't. There's not a lot for me to hook into. In the same way that I say John Stewart's pretty bland, I think Kyle's quite bland as well. Yeah. Um. Maybe it's just I've never read his Green Lantern run. Like I've read what? What's the one that introduced him? Emerald Twilight, Emerald Dawn. One of those two. One of those. One of those. Yeah. One of those yeah. Things, yeah. I, I read that one, but I didn't read much of his run. You know, written by Ron Mars, and I'm sure it's good. And had I read it, I'd feel different, but. Yeah, I guess in the last 15 years, there, there's not a lot of stories I gotta do, but like, yeah, that was I, I a would Kyle say story. All of the Kyle stuff in the last 10 years, at least, has been actively bad. All of the <laughs> White Lantern stuff, I think, is actively bad uh, stories. There was certain stuff in New Guardians I didn't mind. Um, <laughs> High praise. Wasn't my, it wasn't my favorite stuff of the Lanterns at that time, but. You know, at that time, there was four Lantern books out. There was, and that was the worst so, one. Yeah. Hey, like, for a lot of people, the initial run in the 90s, or even maybe his inclusion in Morrison's Justice League might be, you know, JLA might be that, a big factor here. That could I'm be also rereading that at the minute, and I'm like, I don't get it. I, I do not see the appeal yeah. of... I think Kyle is 
like the worst character in this book. Because what I'm saying is, though, it doesn't really matter if, let's say, he happens to be in nothing but bad stuff for the past 10 years. It doesn't matter. The, you know, the attachment's already there. Um, there's there's plenty of characters who have not, you know, because we were talking about some of those Teen Titans characters where they haven't really had much to do or had a lot of good stuff in the last 20 years. But it doesn't matter because the attachment's already there from Teen Titans. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, Kale might fall into that. I like Kale a lot. Uh, and... And um, we know you're terrible. And that's just that's just the way it's going to have to be. The uh, crab mask, still though, I don't get it. I don't know why why that was a thing. I don't I... understand why Pete actively support. Yeah. Oh, it's great. Uh, I also like his overall suit design. In fact, one of the biggest crimes is uh, a couple of years after Rebirth, they revealed a lot of the early concepts for Jessica Cruz's outfit, yeah. and half of them were a lot more Kyle Rayner looking. I thought, damn it, they should yeah. use some of those. Yeah. I do like his suit. His suit with the you know the black and white with the. Landing symbol up on his, yes. like up here. That that's a good look. It would be better um, with a big collar. Mm, no. Make it more. You're like, like, like Alan Gardner. Scott, big big collar. No, no, like Guy Gardner collar. No eh. collars, especially and definitely no V-necks, right? I have I have outlawed V-necks in comic books. Sick me, bro. <laughs> No V-necks. Uh, all right, Kale's at number twenty-two, which has successfully uh, upset uh, these two, which is good news for me. Um, number twenty-one. Uh, but, but I don't. I I, I don't. I had to triple check that this was a DC character. This one. Oh. I had to double check. I triple checked, and I'm still not convinced. But number twenty-one is someone called Connor Kent. <laughs> hey, y'all pulled through. Way to go. <laughs> I, I remember what? him. It was so close. It was so close to Caleb and higher than Connor Kent. And I just... The, the, the fact but that he, it landed this way is what? so upsetting. He's not. So well, All been... we need now is for the next one to be Tim Drake, for this to be the funniest list ever. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> not, not, uh, even like I, not even like, oh, I need Tim Drake here now, but it would be yeah. the funniest thing ever if it was. Yes, uh, Connor Kent exists. I guess. I guess he did show up in the nineties at some point. I, I, I am glad that both John and Connor have have popped up on the list. Um, I have to yeah. admit, I am a little surprised that Connor is this much higher than uh, than John. Well, I would have expected yeah. it not to be as white yeah. a gap. I think it helps that in recent years he had pretty strong appearances on Young Justice when yeah. he didn't have any good mm. comics or any comics at all. Right. Uh, he he was still being represented somewhere, um, yes. pretty damn well. I think that helped. Yes, but I mean, yeah. I, I do recommend if anyone wants to read more about Connor Kent, uh, Scott LaBelle's run is really good. So go check out that. Do not. That's not <laughs> Connor Kent. That's Connell. That, they don't count. They wiped him. There's a whole thing with John Lane Kent. It's confusing. Don't do it. He's he's lying to you. Yeah, uh, if you want to read it good, there's a. John started a bit. Lemire took it over an adventure comics run. Oh, that is uh, good stuff. That's uh, with Manipole on art. That is just fantastic. Like that's that's really what solidified him as one of my favorite characters. Um, as and... a, a shame that Young Justice by Ben has ended up being a bit messy and aimless because yeah. it, it was kind of where his like comeback was properly held. And yeah. As it as it stands, it's not a terrible read, it's, but it's kind it's of effy. Kind of funny how like. For years, Matt was like Connor Kent and the mm-hmm. Legion, and then <laughs> Bendis kind of squandered both of those things for him. 
I remember I saying my worst case scenario was Hickman on on Legion. I was wrong. <laughs> that may still be <laughs> worse. So than that. I, I don't know. That may still be worse. I don't know if I. I I don't know because at least it would have been like super high sci-fi, and I might not understand what's what's going on. But <laughs> now you hate the shit out of it. Probably, but I'd rather hate it than be indifferent to it, and that's how I feel uh, this this last one. I mean, you know? there's some logic to that. I. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's fine because we both have the have the scope to like a Bendis run. We've both liked a mm-hmm. lot of Bendis, so it is yeah. funny that those two things he kind of screwed up yeah. uh, with the two things you were asking for for so almost long. Almost as if he was doing too much. Uh, hmm. Maybe hmm. you know. Well, that's a very. No, Connor can't. Uh, definitely, I'm, I'm glad that he's on there. Yes. Uh, you know what? I get it. We have to have some subpar characters on here for uh to make it spicy. Uh, yeah, Kyle's was listed uh, after after Connor. So this, this is this is an injustice that will not stand. Uh, number twenty, <laughs> top twenty, we're in now. Number twenty is Aquaman. Really? All right. Yeah, Aquaman did, did all right. That actually kind of surprises me. Don't really, I like Aquaman. I'm just, I'm still always surprised that he is this popular. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'm. I don't think I'm over the the public deception no. of ten years ago yet. I I need to go back and read the Peter David stuff because that's a a blind spot in me. Um, but from what I understand, he was he was a pretty popular character. Yeah, I, I remember reading. Yeah, that, that's that's you another know, run that I want to read at some point yeah. as well. Is you know the Peter David um, with a hook hand and all the keep looking. Yeah, at it and, and like being like, should I start this? Yeah, and I'm like, oh, yeah, Pete might want to do it on previously. Yeah. It, oh, I will uh, for sure. Um, I do you know. I I think he's had a really good time, and it's funny you said ten years ago there you had the perception, but you know, ten years ago is actually start at New Fifty Two, which that's is why when, I said it. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I think the Aquaman book was one of the the better things in New Fifty Two uh, overall, and then the Rebirth book, well, it had a couple of shaky moments early on. It did actually evolve into something really cool for most of its existence. Uh through a lot of the end of that abnet stuff was really good and then of course we had the kelly sue stuff um you know there was only a couple of bad fill-ins here or there or whatever but for the most part he's like i mean this is the first time he's been without a book uh in a decade more or less and and that is you know when i said you know a decade i think because the the early part of that run was about addressing that oh it's aquaman uh you know and and that was the the public perception at the time and that book kind of was trying to help get it back away from that i, I would say uh it, it succeeded uh clearly yeah. judging by the fact that he's in the top 20 here now yeah, yeah. and well the movie might have helped i i will say that my my liking of aquaman is kind of separate from the movie because i don't really like the movie it's in spite of, of yeah it's in spite <laughs> of the movie i don't the... i i like it for being it's his own thing like the momoa aquaman is a you is unique to, to the movie uh, yeah i'm not sure how i feel about the fact that we do seemingly have aqua bro Kind of in the comics now. Yeah, mm. yeah, it's a little bit weird. Um, but but yeah, no. Uh, just his long time was one of those. He was always a joke character, uh, and I'm glad he's no longer a joke. Like, is he actually is pretty cool. Better than Namanor. Namanor. <laughs> good guess is good Namanor is what you're saying. Yeah, good Namanor. Good Namanor. That's a t-shirt. Good Namanor. Uh, so. <laughs> Aquaman, number 20. Uh, number 19, Alfred Pennyworth. Hey! That's pretty well deserved. Yeah. And it's nice to see some of the non-hero characters show up. Yeah. 
Oh, for sure. I, there is definitely one that I was expecting to be on here that didn't make it. I'll tell you, I'll bring it up at the end when we're all said and done. The, the but... three off the top of my head, I would have... Because we talked earlier about Park Kent, and none of us are really yeah. surprised that Park Kent wasn't on the list. The three I would have expected, and I think maybe one of these, worryingly, is one that's not on the list, yeah. would have been Alfred, uh, Gordon, and Lois. Those mm, are the yeah. three that kind of stick out as what I would have expected on this list. Somewhere. Yeah. Um... And I, I feel like a lot of this now is like a lot of people didn't appreciate Alfred until they didn't have him anymore, <laughs> you know, and and now he's gone and there's no one to be sassy to Batman, you know, like Babs can try. I mean, I, I think we, we all appreciated Alfred. I think we've always been Alfred, very yeah. pro Alfred on this show. Yes. Uh, and I, I, throughout my whole life, I've always enjoyed Alfred's yeah. inclusion in, in Batman. And... I, I always like sassy Alfred as well. Sassy Alfred, mm-hmm. surrogate father Alfred. I mean, honestly, I, like one of the best things that happened uh, when Batman, you know, quote unquote, died uh, during uh-huh. R.I.P. and everything that came after. Well, it wasn't R.I.P. It was more uh, Final Crisis. But you know, like right. there was the moment where I always remember, and I think it was, maybe it was just an issue of Batman after that happened. But Superman hands Alfred like the bat suit, and Alfred just says he, he sort of breaks down, and says, "Forgive me, I've just lost my son." And it just and similarly, yep. everything. With Alfred's death and the letters afterwards and characters acknowledging it is hit hard. There's, Alfred's such a core part of the emotional side of the Batman mythos uh-huh. that uh, Elvis hits. I mean, we even got it in this week's Nightwing where Dick calls, you know, Batman his dad and then Alfred his other dad. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. so... And I think it, there's, been a lot of, there's been a lot of different versions of Alfred and mm-hmm. I don't think any of them are bad. Like, some are better than others, mm. don't get me wrong. Yeah. But I don't think I've ever seen a bad version of Alfred where I go, oh, no, I don't like that. Yeah, you know sho- re- sho- shockingly, even Zack Snyder, he can, he screwed up yeah. everything else. Even, he, even he like, um, Alfred. <laughs> it wasn't yeah. that much of a love show. I, I, I'm quite a fan of a soft spot for it, but the uh, Beware the Bat show, mm. okay. it, was like the, it was like the 3D animation. It was a bit rough looking because mm-hmm. they were kind of trying something different. Um, that had, like, kind of ex-military Alfred. Yeah, um, but you know, still really good. Uh, the the one Alfred, and it's out of continuity, but it's the the from the Earth, the the John's Earth one, Batman, where we get it's very different. To, yeah, we get introduced to him, and he's meant to be like a like a, a head of security for the Waynes, but he sees this little boy, you know, mourning the death of his parents. And he looks at him and he goes, who are you? And Alfred gets down on his level and goes, I'm your butler. I'm here to take care of you. And like that right there, that one hit. That, that's the to me the soul of Alfred. Ah, actually, Joe, that's Joe, it. Uh, Even that version where on its on a surface level is like, eh, it's very different Alfred. It still hits yeah. the point. Yeah. yeah. I guess technically the only one that I know I don't like is the TV show one uh, from Pennyworth. But it's also obviously a very yeah. different time in the character's life and all the rest of it. I'm, I'm not even sure as I would say I dislike it. I, I haven't seen enough of it to form a real opinion. I'm sure I dislike it. I'm sure I dislike it. Uh, so, uh, number 18 is Zatanna. Yeah. Yeah. Happy to see this. This high, actually. Mm. Yeah. She's, yeah. She's one of those ones I do, like, we talk about a quiet fan base, and I really can't find anybody that dislikes Zatanna. You know? So, not, not, not a surprise. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't have her as high as this, but obviously I don't dislike yeah. her. Zatanna's... I think she's, she's in my top 15. Uh, you know? I, 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 do, I do wonder if like, the Paul Denny stuff and some of the, the other mm-hmm. things like that have really 
catapulted her above maybe where yeah. she'd otherwise be. Uh, That's probably true. But I mean, you know, that that run was twenty five odd issues, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. You know, having a good solid run for that long tends to help. Yeah, with your enduring popularity. Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, she's been around ever really since. Like she's always popping up. From from the new fifty two onward, right? Like, yeah, I think. Yeah. Uh, you know, obviously, I don't tend to get a lot of her stuff because she tends to be tied to just sleep dark and the magic side of things, given who she is. Uh, but I do like her whenever she does pop into other things or wherever she's used in big sort of I, more larger uh, stories. I always like when she's the go-to for Superman or Batman when they need magic assistance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Batman, we had that stuff. I think it was in Detective Comics, uh, Titan stuff that was in there. Right, yeah. Uh, Superman, going back, um, even the uh, the Atlas story by Robinson, uh, mm-hmm. you know that had you know oh we we need help, we you know, we need magical help. Let's go to Zatanna. You know, like it's it's kind of just been a thing for a long time. Uh, I always yeah. enjoy that. Yeah. Uh, number seventeen is Jimmy Olsen. Oh no. <laughs> what? Uh, you talk about one that got left off, and now uh, that's one that. I expected, and it's there now, so now I'm worried about the other two. Uh, <laughs> so, That's the one where I'm pleasantly surprised it's there, and, and like, I, I absolutely understand why he's on this list and deserves to be on this I, list. But yeah. also, I wouldn't have been surprised if had been left off. Yeah. Yeah, me, uh, me neither. J- Jimmy did shockingly well early on. Uh, I, mm-hmm. People loving that map fraction book. Uh, yeah. uh, I guess, you know, taste being what it is. But Hey, it's hard not to enjoy what Jimmy brings to comics. Now, admittedly, would I have him, like, on my list? Probably not. I do love Jimmy. I do. He's an mm-hmm. important part of Superman supporting cast. But he kind of falls in, into the same way that I wouldn't probably put Perry White on my top 50. I love Perry White, but, you know, yeah. Jimmy's kind of in that same league. I where... mean, in, in the support characters in Superman, I mean, yeah, but that Fraction one really sticks out for me. And then some of the other stuff, like even even as bad as Countdown was, I think that the Jimmy story was was a good aspect of it. Just just a heads up if anyone is interested in that Jimmy story. Uh, Steve Lieber is is selling copies on his Etsy, uh, and oh. he'll, he signs them and throws in a, a sketch for free as well. You just have to, you know, retail really? price. So uh, yeah, well. Interesting. I know what I'm uh, doing after this. Is this all? Is as long as it's not NFTs? Uh, you, yes. That's all. Um, yeah. you, when you, you say a sketch, you know you, is you, it you, just a pre one sketch that he just felt like doing, or he just does a sketch in every every copy that's sold? He just does a random yeah. sketch on the inside. Uh, yeah. Do you, yeah do NF- so cool. you do NFTs were evil. If you had any doubt, when immediately WWE started doing NFTs, you're like, okay, well they're definitely evil. Then there's no doubt. Over, I mean, even the way over, DC treated it was pretty yeah. like yeah. okay they're evil like they sent out emails to all their creators going you can't sell nfts of any of our copyrighted mm-hmm. characters you know we own them and we own those nfts they're ours and we're doing them <laughs> it's like yeah okay these are terrible yeah a bunch of corporate bastards how dare you uh <laughs> uh number 16 is dan Deddy. i'm kidding and uh, number 16 is black canary Ooh. Dana, of course, specifically. Pleasant yeah. surprise, actually. Did not yeah, expect it to be so high. Yeah, Dana did uh, very well. Uh, has a big fan base. I think it helps that we have more traditional Black Canary who 
you know, we see in Birds of Prey, we see with Green Arrow, I think obviously that big Green Arrow run from Percy, which lasted years there, uh, obviously had a lot of good stuff with her. Um, and then in a broader spectrum, you know, we have the movie version recently, we've had versions in TV shows recently. There's a lot of exposure for Black Canary uh, across there's, the board. There's a, there's a big push right now on Twitter to try and uh, get a HBO Max show of Johnny Smollett's uh, yeah. Canary that has, uh, you know, a lot of support. That I, I see a lot on my timeline, um, especially if you follow Gail Simone, uh, who, who yeah. kind of is a huge fan of the big of hers. booster. Yeah. 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 So, um, I mean, she, she was one of the better actors in that movie. Uh, mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm not surprised that people right. are getting behind her specifically. I can't yeah. believe the, the girl that wanted to be a coach on Friday Night Lights is, you know, boomed through, you know, Black Canary. And then on Lovecraft Country, it's so weird to me. Yeah. Uh, oh, I love Lovecraft Country. Don't have to tell me I, on I, that. I get that feeling with some actors. Like, uh, yeah. Like just for example, uh, you know, Riz Ahmed is is up for an Oscar tonight for mm-hmm. the best actor in, in San Amel. I, bu- I I can only ever picture him from Four Lions, <laughs> just, you know, uh, which is this, you know, very you know, very British comedy. Uh, uh, very very black comedy. He's, he's... yeah. He's a the night of person for me, but uh yeah, but you know it's it's rubber diggy rubber diggy rapids, bro. I, I hate the sound he's, of this. Uh, uh, oh uh, no, it's it's amazing that movie. Like, was, um, one of one of the best comedies in years. See, he was that to you guys, but he was the Rogue One uh, Imperial pilot to me. So, you know, don't bring Star Wars shit into this, Matt. Don't do it. I'm just telling you, that's that's the first time I've ever heard about him. Bane is great. Uh, I like, you know, in fact, I, hell, even just something recently, like her becoming the Green Canary and a deceased was like a yeah. great, uh, That's cool. uh, sort of take on that character to to do something different with her. Um, and I think a lot of us who have been wanting a Green Arrow book back, a lot, you know, I, I've been saying that I don't want just Green Arrow number one. I want Green Arrow and Black Canary number one. Like, let her co billet, you know, be a co lead. I, I, it, it, mm-hmm. it's coming in a post checkmate world. Uh, very possibly, yeah. Uh, and seeing her in Justice League right now and having her be one of those voices on that team. Because Black Canary, you know, you, when you talk about the, the female heroes of, of DC, Black Canary is actually quite high on that hierarchy. You know, after your, your first couple of obvious ones, Black Canary is one of the oldest characters. She's one of the sort of the smartest. Yeah. Very high in she's tenure. Yeah. She is a founding member of the Justice League. So, you know, you know, she was, you know, she belongs to have that kind of uh, stature, mm-hmm. I suppose. Yeah, she's uh, she's great on uh, just like uh, Wade's uh, JLA year one. She has mm-hmm. a lot of attitude. She has a good sense of humor. Her power is malleable. You know, sometimes powers can be too specific, but and obviously you think, well, she screams at people. How is that malleable? Well, it is, though, because she, she can use it as a, a force to break things. She can use it as a, a thing mm-hmm. to break someone's fall. She can blow things from, you know, like... And we've had periods where she's been without those powers, and she's still a great character. Oh, she's yeah, she's still great. Like in that nineties sort of period, where she didn't have the powers. Uh, I still I prefer her with the power because I do think it's a really cool. But it's not overpowered I, I, either. It, it doesn't feel yeah. like oh she can like suddenly do everything because she has that power. Like it's 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 usable in a very smart way. It's same way, same thing. It's a very similar power actually. But it's the same thing I love about how on Agents of Shield they use Quake's powers, where it would be like you know put into the fights and it would be used as a sort of like tool in the middle yeah. of regular fighting I, skills. I think the fact that she did go so long without her powers and endured quite successfully yeah. kind of shows that she is a good character beyond just she yeah. has a cool power. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. For um, sure. 
And, and, and there's times they try to like tack on things like when they try to tack on the, she's in a band and that's her thing in the new 52 and yeah. you know but i uh, you know as for a standalone story i did not mind that but it wasn't dinah it was it was the know? only misstep for her in a large scale that i can think of in the last like decade yeah. or so uh was, was i that. remember the art was it's very good. The story was kind of like uh, the first arc was solid, and it was like she's in a band because yeah. she wants to be. That's cool. And then it had yeah, that direction. It was just a weird direction. Yeah. It was one of those things we're just doing yeah. something different because we wanted to like completely change things, and it never. Yeah. It yeah. just felt weird to me. However, did you see that uh, image of Dick Grayson going around from an upcoming issue of Nightwing? He's wearing a black canary band shirt. I oh, did not. So. Yeah, not, but um, and and I'm I'm pretty sure that comes from, you know, Tom Taylor's he, love of that character. He Dick so. would be the sort of character who goes and supports his friend's band. Yeah, of course, because he's a good person. Yes, more uh, on that later. Yes, <laughs> and uh, he's a better character than Tim Drake, who's number fifteen. Yes, ah. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> better than Kyle uh, Rayner. I'll take it. <laughs> And you know, it's a couple steps from his best friend, uh, Connor Kent. So, you know, they're, uh, he, it's good that the best Robin is, is here. Yes. You know, yes. he's up this high. All right. All right. Let's, let's keep the delusional takes to ourselves. All right. That's not. He, he is. He's, he is defined as Robin more than anybody outside of Damien. You he know, is arguably the true successor to Batman or should yeah. be like, you know, Dick did it because he felt obligated to, but he never wanted yeah. to be Batman. He, you know, he's he's his own man too much. Tim is the detective. I mean, hell, you know, you know, Raz even gave him that title after Batman's yeah. death. You know, he passed it on yeah. to Tim, not not anyone else. It's no Tim. You're and the that detective. Red Robin book. Yeah, that stupid costume. I saw that. However, that book it's was a lot better than of his fun. Drake costume. True. That's not saying much, though. No, no, Joe's, no, the Drake costume's great because it's it's solidifying his future as a delivery driver for... Uh, <laughs> what's, the, what's, the, what's the delivery what that color scheme? UPS. UPS, yes. Yeah, UPS. Really for you. Yeah, he's uh, got the UPS version of his Robin suit. <laughs> terrible. So, um, <laughs> but no, he's, you know... I just love him that he is defined as Robin and he's really made it his own. You know, he's, whereas he's so unique because he he sought out Batman. We're like, no, you yeah. need a Robin because this is mm-hmm. you know what you need right now. Yeah. He didn't do it for him. He he's in the same way that that up until not that long ago, Flash was not defined by tragedy. Neither was Tim Drake. He did it because right. he thought it was the right thing to do. Well, um, identity crisis sorted that out. <laughs> uh, yeah, Brad. Brad Meltzer said, "Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I I don't know if that's actually continuity anymore." Because oh, I don't know. Uh, things I don't know. change. Which, for the record, I didn't mean that because I, I I think yeah. there is something interesting about him having a tragedy after he's already on the journey. Like there's something that yeah. happens to basically show the consequences of being in that life. Like there are right. dangers. Yeah, and that's yeah. the difference. That's... It's not the thing that inspires him to start. So I'm okay with no. it. Yeah. No, uh, it's, it's collateral damage. Yeah. Uh, you know his his role, and that's the whole point of that story. I mean, a lot of people have come out and talked about how problematic that story can be in parts and like yeah in in today's era i doubt they would go certain aspects but the overall point of that story is still this is what happens when you get involved in the i'm not discussing it on that level because i'd have to read it again to have a solid opinion about the the things that are supposed to be problematic it's been too long since i read it to even comment yeah Yeah. 
But yeah, I mean, you can kind of guess what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, no, I know, I know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, but, I loved it when I read it, uh, and maybe yes. I'll have a different viewpoint on it when I read it again. Yeah. But, um, uh, but yes, Tim Drake is number 15. Mm-hmm. Number 14 is Green Arrow. Hey! Just a couple of slots above Dana. They're, they're very close together. Yeah. yeah. Makes sense that they're paired together ish, uh, especially yeah. these days. I think what's funny about it, though, is like, I like I feel like there was a lot of different lists that had just one or the other. There wasn't like everyone had oh, really? them. Really, it's not yeah. like people had them near each other. But it's interesting they both kind of evened out very close. And uh, you know, Oliver, like I think sometimes when he's poorly written, he comes off as like, "What's the point of this character?" He's, he's like, in terms of like skill set, he's close enough to Batman because you know he's the millionaire who or billionaire yes. who's got toys and stuff. But yeah. when he's well written by the right people and there's a differentiating in his personality. Uh, there's a very different vibe to him. I think the Whereas, biggest difference between him and Bruce is he's funny. Well, not just that. He has a chip on his shoulder. Yeah. Bruce oh, doesn't I, really have a chip on his shoulder. Bruce can be know? funny, but it's usually at his, his expense. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah no, Bruce, you, you can laugh at a Batman comic, but you're usually laughing at Bruce, not because he said something witty, yeah. whereas Ollie is a pretty witty character, usually. Yes. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's, but, he's, yeah. he's, he's the good Tony Stark. That's just calm what he is. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's I mean, <laughs> yeah. Uh, instead of suits armor, he has uh, trick arrows. Way cooler. Yes. Yeah. Eh, sometimes. <laughs> I'm, I'm always a fan of the boxing glove one. That one still cracks me up because I always enjoyed boomerang arrows. Yeah, <laughs> because boomerangs. Uh, that's Hawkeye. That's not you know. Yeah, but yeah. well, they both still, love them. Yes. Um, but no, just. I like Green Arrow. Green Arrow is one of those books that I, when I was going through my comics, I realized since I got back into comics, if there's a Green Arrow book out, I'm reading it. Like, never what it is. And it's never like, you know, the top of my, you know, but I will always make time to read Oliver Queen. And uh, we'll see, yeah, if, that, we'll mean, see if that holds true when Scott Liddell gets his Green Arrow book going in the next couple of years. Don't, don't you dare. Um, <laughs> but like um, the, the Andy Diggle Jock uh, Green Arrow year one. Mm-hmm. Is like one of my all-time favorite comic stories. Uh, I, I am very partial to the Kevin Smith Green Arrow, and I, 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 I haven't read. It's it's really good. Um, yeah, it's the the introduction of uh, on a map here. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it it does. It's very mired in continuity of the time. Mm-hmm. I, I have but, a hard time reading that thing with Kevin Smith's name on it, to be honest. So I. Uh... <laughs> I would love to see what you what you thought of it because it's it's not that long. It's only a couple of mm. trades. I think it's in one big trade now, actually. Yeah. Yeah, sounds uh, about right. Starts with Quiver, right? Yeah, yeah. Quiver's the first yeah. bit. Oh, that's interesting. I uh, I think you know better with a good tea. Let's make that clear. Tea should no, have a good tea. Yeah. That that said, Lemire's Green Air is one of my all time favorite runs. But it's so, missing the good tea. No so good tea there. You know, it's it's a, it's like a point less than it should be because there's no good tea. Mm, I don't know. I'll also introduce Demi. So you you know Sorrentino has a version of that where he drew, drew it with the goatee the entire time. Yeah. And just yeah. like fine, release, I guess I'll remove that layer. Release the goatee cut. That's all I'm saying. Compare the trade with all the goatee reinstated. That's all I'm asking for. Right. It's important. That's, that's all. That's all, is it? Uh, just take that. it off Superman and put it on Ollie. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear. Uh, number 13, and maybe this is. Well, 
a place for this character to land, but number 13 is the Joker. Yeah. I'm slightly surprised it didn't crack the top 10. Hmm. I'm happy it did that. I think there's enough people like Matt, given Matt's attitude yeah. and what you just said, I think there's enough people who are anti-Joker, and that's why he didn't crack the top 10. I'm, I'm not like... I'm not saying I'm, I'm not... disappointed he didn't make the top 10. I'm, yeah. not, I'm, I'm kind of indifferent. I'm surprised. I'm not anti-Joker. I'm Joker fatigued. Sure. I think a yeah. lot of people are fatigued. I Because yeah. uh, uh, I, I think Joker is a fantastic character. Uh, does he get overused? Yes, he does get overused. Uh, mm -hmm. There's no denying that. And enough people are sick of him that I think that's why. But clearly enough people still love him that he's still ranked very mm -hmm. highly above a lot of characters. It's a bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy in that all the creators love Joker. Because everyone, as a rule, you know, generally speaking, loves Joker. So they've all got a Joker story they want to tell. Yep. And they all tell it. So now it's like there's too many Joker stories. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's there's some logic behind that. Uh, but you know, I, I love a good chaotic Joker who will murder anyone at any time. Who we don't know his identity. Uh, you know, so I mm -hmm. th th there's not that you can't vary any of those things, but typically that's my favorite kind of Joker. Yeah, I mean there there are parts of Three Joker where that really shone through. Yep, and showed the differences between them, and I thought that was smart. Um, but yeah. You know, yeah. I do like there can be each writer can have, you know, basically have a different version of Joker and it all makes sense still just because of the type of character he is. So um, it's not one of those ones where I always felt like if, if you write Poison Ivy differently and it feels off, it's kind of like, what's this? But with Joker, it's you get a little bit more leeway. With Joker, you can just you can actually accept that he's at a different mood that day. And that's just what yeah. he's acting like. <laughs> yeah. Uh, with within reason, but for sure. Uh, but he's such you know he's he's a, he's a complete lack of control. He's the you know I think it's a, it's almost you know we're a comic podcast. I get some comic we just hate when mm -hmm. you bring up the movies and stuff because it's like nah, it's to keep to the comics. But I do think in a lot of ways in Dark Knight, uh, Alfred's speech about you know some men don't want to, want to yeah. make money, some people don't want to control things, they just want to watch the world. But it, it is the best way to describe the Joker. And why he's the perfect villain for Batman, because he is, like, you know, Batman, especially in modern Batman, ever since year one, you know, in the last, like, 30 plus years, Batman's start is about taking down organized crime. It's about restoring corruption and removing it and all these things in Gotham. So the idea that a villain then takes him on who isn't out for gain, isn't trying to control anything, isn't doing any of these things, is a fascinating, you know, parallel between them. Uh, mm -hmm. So... Uh, there's no reason that's, to write. Uh, that, that's why I love in, in Dark Knight, just like, or not Dark Knight, at the end of Batman Begins, it's almost as if Batman dressing up kicked the Joker into high gear. Just oh, absolutely. the way that Gordon introduces him, like, you know, where's War Paint? You know. I, I absolutely believe. Card. I believe that the Joker was already a psychopath before Batman, but yeah. I absolutely believe in my head canon that he inspired yeah. Joker to actually he, become Joker. He got the Joker. idea to yeah. go above and beyond. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Uh, escalation, all that jazz. Uh, number twelve. Supergirl. Hey. Pleasantly surprised, actually. The Supergirl yeah. made it this high. I think it's impressive yep. given. In reality, how much of a mess Supergirl has been over the decades, right? With various takes and like all the different things, the fact that there is an enduring love is is quite a testament. I mean, there's a lot of good things. Obviously, the show isn't that good, but 
you know, Benoist is very good on the show. So that's exposure for a start. But I think right. with the, the comics, you have the various different takes, and I think you have the more traditional takes, which I think, you know, Rebirth was for the most part, uh, with some good space stuff towards the end. I think, you know, those of us who were reading it were, were quite into. Um, mm-hmm. And you have the weirder 90s stuff where, and I, I think technically everyone specified, you know, it was Kara, and maybe, I think maybe one or two people did vote technically for the 90s Matrix Supergirl to was a. Uh, you know the peter david run which that's the thing yeah is that that that, that you know, from what i've read of that run it is quite good and it's just, it's just a different character yeah. i mean she, she takes the mantle yeah. of supergirl but it's a different character uh yeah. but i think there's a lot of different things you get to explore with Kara versus clark uh because she does remember krypton because she is this different yeah. character that they're uh, yeah they're through. different kryptonians in that she she knows krypton clark only is what he's uncovered it's- it's very much, yeah. you know, first and second generation immig- immigrants, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you, you have those that actually remember it and, have, you know, have been there. And, and then those that just have, this is their culture, their history, but it's yep. not part of their own personal lives, even though it obviously shapes who they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very different. Yeah, the space stuff from Rebirth was really good. I think I have to shout out, I mean, not to just give Tom Taylor more praise, but that, that one little short he did in that anthology book, which was otherwise not that good, but that one Supergirl story about the post-apocalyptic world where she's protecting the kid, that story was phenomenal. I, I love that story, but I wouldn't be like, that would be a reason why Supergirl's this good. Right? I would never... I, I'm, not saying that's I a reason this, this... I'm not saying it's a reason why she's this good. I'm saying that... That is just another thing in the list of good examples of stories that build attachment to the character. Um, okay. I always go to the Sterling Gates run from from pre Flashpoint. Um, it starts off really rough with Loeb and Kelly, and but once Gates takes over and you start getting into the world of new Krypton stuff, it's, it's because and, it wasn't a run until halfway. Through. It wasn't until Gates took over yeah. that it became a run. Before that, it was just a right. book where rotating writers were doing. Yeah, arcs. and it was just like people telling. Supergirl stories, and you know, and they're not all good, and they're kind of weird. They were, and... they were trying to make her edgy. She was kind of like yeah. had a bit of an attitude that was a bit weird. Yeah. Versus typical yeah. Supergirl. But when Gates takes over, it introduces you know Silver Banshee and, and the Superwoman, who is Superwoman, and all that stuff. It really takes off, and that's the most I've enjoyed uh, Supergirl. Yeah. Okay. And then from different different aspects too. I mean, that's another one that if there's a Supergirl book, I'm probably picking it up the shop so well we got a prestige you know eight issue tom king yeah. book coming oh. up so i think that's kind of by, where, uh... you know we had the being super a few years ago as well oh it was yeah. also fantastic yeah, yeah. Like maybe, and... maybe i think Minis are where she lives in the future not not that's... like not that she can't carry on yeah. going but more just no. these are the the high profile yeah. stories are going to be coming uh, from these minis i mean being super i think put me and pete on to tamaki yeah right sure. yeah me as well yeah. um Again, it's just an example where as much as it's been kind of an up and down ride, there's all these great examples you can sort of pick out of like arcs here or there or minis here or there or even just, you know, a short story in an anthology book that kind of like, oh, wait, there's actually like six things to recommend for Supergirl over the last like 15 years. I wouldn't have expected it's that many, but it kind of is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, hey, uh, here's hoping for more and we're getting one soon. So, uh, Number 11. I am genuinely surprised at this. Number 11 is Martian Manhunter. Wow. Really? 
Martian Manhunter, number like, beat Wait. all the characters we've already talked about. Are you sure it's Martian Manhunter, not someone else in disguise? John Jones, somehow, I like, obviously I expected him to appear, but he started getting points yeah. left and right, and I was like, oh, pe people love Martian this Manhunter. This is surprising, I agree. Like, not that, again, not that he's a bad character. It's a great I mean, I, I actually think he's underappreciated, funnily. I mean, maybe he's not given this result, but Marshall Manhunter, like, the fact that he was left off the movie, Justice League, you know, other than the Snyder Cut, obviously, but, uh, like, the fact that he doesn't get brought up as much, he wasn't in the New 52 Justice League, it felt like for a long time he was left behind. Do you know what is bizarre? Like, my all-time favourite Martian Manhunter content is not any sort of official story. It's, it's not in any movie, TV show, or... DC published comic. It's uh, it's in JL8, which is a if you're not familiar, is a web comic, um, okay. which features the Justice League as eight year olds. Gotcha. And it's it's amazing. Like it's very funny. Uh, I definitely recommend hmm. checking it out. I'm, I'm sure it's free online for most of it. Yeah, that's um, uh, Yale Stewart. Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but it's you know uh, the Martian Manhunter in that is borderline one note with his love of chocos slash oreos <laughs> but the way it's used is just is so he eight years old good. as well yeah okay so he's not like the teacher character no uh, you know mm. gotcha. um i think martian manor in a lot of ways uh he, he always came across to me as the one who held the justice league together uh, it's, it's all the, the first versions i ever saw of him between the animated mm -hmm. show between what comics had read he was kind of this linchpin that that not that he was the leader, but the, he's he... the unsung hero. Yeah, uh, so I kind of, I kind of dig that he kind of ranked a lot higher here than I was expecting because I typically yeah. think of him as being underappreciated. So clearly, he's enough... a sort of character where if he hadn't shown up on this fifty at all, I don't think I would have been surprised. Yeah, uh, I'm pleasantly surprised. Would I have him this high on my personal list? No, I, I probably wouldn't, but. I'm I'm kind of yeah, I'm kind of happy for him though. <laughs> like I'm I'm happy that yeah, me too. People like him uh, enough. Uh, he yeah, he's not one of my favorites. I, I like when you know Pete earlier was talking about characters who do well on teams, like and you just like hmm. their presence for hmm. how they interact. And to be They're fair, like, I, I think Marshall Mahoney fits fits that for me as well. But yeah. and but that's okay. He can, he can be a great team character yeah. forever and still rank extremely yeah. highly. That, there's no nothing wrong with that. Um. So, there you go. So it's time for the top ten. So, there we uh, go. Brace yourselves, uh, for the upsets, for the shocks. Wait, wait, wait. Matt. Yes or What's no? Up? Is Dick Grayson above Bruce Wayne? Uh, for for everyone else's hopes, I hope so. You know, for everyone else's sake, I should say. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, but you does he have is is. The cynic in me says no. I I I hope I hope he. There's I hope it graces. There, there's some big names missing right now, that I don't I mean, know if they're all pop up we, in we, the top we know, ten. We're, we're missing either Lois or Gordon, it seems. Yep. Yep. But we've got still, you know, Dick, Wally, Clark, Bruce, uh, Barry. Barry. Yeah, we've got to be on a Barry yet. We barely had any. I mean, we've had. Uh, reverse Flash. We haven't had Wonder Woman yet. No, no Wonder Woman. No Barbara Ann. 
Philippines. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to break it to you, Matt. Cheetah got a surprisingly low number of points. Like, yeah. How many of those? Because y'all haven't that? read issue eight. <laughs> it was like a spattering. Like, Wonder Woman villains did not do well uh, in uh, this book. I'm really not surprised because no. that's always one thing that we say. Um, Cheetah is great, though. I, I, I mean, I, I, I had Cheetah on my top 50, but, you know. I'm, I'm fully going to blame Chris and Wig. <laughs> You're going to hold her personally responsible for undoing all the good work. She had nothing to do with the show. writing. Yeah. Yeah, I would have blamed yeah. Patty more than uh, Chris and Wig, but, you know. Yeah, but that's not as fun to say. It's not as, you know. It's just because her name's Wig. You'll have to have a, a vendetta against someone named Wig. Yeah. Sure. I feel like that's like this weird Britishness coming through, like just old timey British coming through against the Wig Party that Pete's just there, yeah. subconsciously <laughs> kind of. He doesn't. He didn't even know why, but it's just there. <laughs> All right, here we go. Top ten. Number ten. Barry Allen. There he is. Yeah. 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 I would. I don't think I'd have him above anyone else that is still to come for sure. If anything, I'd say he's probably still a bit too high. Sure. Yeah. I mean, he's not even my favorite Flash. You know, like uh, it's like my third favorite Flash. No, not even. I could, you know, uh, yeah, but uh, you got Wally, you got Jay, you got Bart, and then yeah, maybe I've, I've accepted I'm not getting Jesse Quake. Yeah, you know, so mm. huh. yeah, I'll, I mean, yeah I'll, I'll give you some placements for you know beyond fifty after this yeah, to to give you some easier pain, but I mean it's easy because Barry's the of the last fifteen years he is the primary Flash. Yeah, and you he know, has at the show. Final Crisis. He's at the show. Mm-hmm. A, a terrible version from the movie that's not very... Which started shooting, by the way, this past week. Allegedly. Allegedly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... Uh, yeah, I mean, I went the longest time of my comic fandom without reading Barry. You know, outside of him popping up in Wally's stories. And now know, it's pretty much all you can read. As yeah. this idea... Yeah, like, I, I, it was this idea of, of, of Barry Allen as the paragon of virtue of what it meant to be the Flash, you know? Um, and then we get that, and it's like, oh, Barry's fine, and there's nothing wrong with him, you know? He, he didn't he's, live he's up to all of, his ideal, is what yeah. you're saying. I mean, yeah, I, I, like, I like Barry, but he was maybe better off dead as an inspiration for Wally than he is an <laughs> actual living character. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, I, mean, I like him. <laughs> I, I like Barry just fine. He's more middle yeah. tier for me. Uh, than some of the I other mean, characters, it could be higher, but yeah. I mean, we we get more more Iris with with Barry than we did with sure. Wally, so that's good. I like Iris as, as a character. At um, least this means, presumably, you know, barring a huge upset, mm-hmm. at least he's not above Wally. Yeah, or is he? <gasps> yeah. Uh. Uh-huh. Number so, nine. Uh-huh. <laughs> Hal Jordan. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Again, uh, none of our favorite Lantern. Yeah, it's solid. It's it's funny that there is kind of these safe choices that end up kind of rising to the top where... uh, I think a lot of them end up here just through mid-tier popularity. Like, mm -hmm. everyone kind of like, yeah, I like them well enough. And everyone sticks Mm -hmm. them on their list and they end up just fairly high by sheer overwhelming just, you know, yeah, you know, just they're, they're just sheer appearance level of just they're there. 
Yeah, I mean, if everyone yeah. every, if everyone likes Hal well enough, even if they put another lantern at like their number one or whatever, uh, ultimately yeah. everyone having him in a middling spot will eventually mean that he just yeah. gets up higher. He's, I know that he's similar to Barry in that same way, whereas you went a long time without him, and then he's kind of all the stories. He, despite the fact there's other lanterns and opportunities for other books, mm-hmm. but people still I guess come back to Hal. He has a, a bit of a more interesting past versions than than Barry yeah. in the sense that you got like the Spectre stuff, for example. Yeah. So you got you got some other stuff going there. Yeah. Yeah. All right, number eight. Kind of a pleasant surprise this one, honestly. Mm-hmm. Number eight is Barbara Garden. Hey, there we go. That is a very good turnout for Barbara Garden, I think. That is, jeez. I mean, so she's Oracle, she's Batgirl. I mean, like she's been a constant since I've been reading comics. So, in in some form. So yeah, you, you'll have some people who have her on this list purely for the Oracle gears. I yeah. guarantee there are some people who have her on here purely from uh, Batgirl. Batgirl. Um, I either yeah. the. Gail Simone stuff, or maybe even mm-hmm. the Burnside stuff. Or maybe even if you're old enough, right. it may be because of the 60s TV show, because <laughs> she was right. there. Yvonne, <laughs> yeah. Yvonne Gray. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, that's where that's where I was like, oh, there's a Batgirl? You know? That, that's when I was a kid. You know? So, that was yeah. my first introduction. I like the character a lot. I, you know, I love, obviously being Jim Gordon's daughter and kind of her connection to mm-hmm. him and her kind of starting this career, you know, I love Batgirl Year One because it kind of goes into her like starting this under his roof essentially, mm-hmm. and like sneaking out and and doing all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. But yeah, her her becoming this kind of like uh, backbone of like the entire not only Bat family but ultimately the superhero community because she becomes Oracle. Yeah. Oh, Matt, your mic's yeah. gone. Uh, like all that stuff is is great, and you do have a relationship with the other characters. Dick's been the one that sticks out the most, but. You know, even when she does stand up to Bruce and sort of like talks him down or tells him off or where she becomes a mentor to the other Batgirls and she, she can sort of fill that role too. Uh, mm-hmm. a lo- much like Dick Grayson, she's kind of risen to that, that role where we've seen her grow up and now she's like now a mentor to the younger generation. So she feels like this fully formed and this full journey of a character that I think means that she means a lot to a lot of people. So yeah, pleasant surprised that she's uh, been given yeah. her due here. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we're good. Barbara Garden, number eight. There you go. Uh, there was a split second when I said that, where I'm sure Matt thought I was going to say Barbara Ann, but uh, no, uh, we were just that. Uh, unfortunately, yeah. not the case. Yeah, it's just just one word away. Barbara Ann, number eight. You know, yeah. Yeah. That's your eight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I, I might have had Cheetah listed as eight for that reason. Yeah. I don't remember, but I, you know. I definitely listed her as Barbara Minerva Cheetah from. I'm sure. I'm, oh, I remember. Yeah. I don't. I remember yeah. seeing the the full description. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> uh, as, as seen in Wonder Woman issue. <laughs> yeah, I think it's the Fantastic. <laughs> Number seven is Wally West. Ah, there he is. Yeah, this makes sense. Uh, he's above Barry. Things are right in the world. Things are right in the world. Yeah. yeah. Wally means a lot to a lot of people. He was the Flash for mm-hmm. about 15 or so years. Uh, 
time as Kid Flash before that, and the Titans was very enjoyable for a lot of people yeah. too. That, this is one of these things where, you know, a lot of the Titans characters, I said, you know, I like them as Titans, I don't really care about them too much when they're solo characters mm-hmm. beyond that. There's a couple of exceptions, obviously, and one of them is Wally, uh, yeah. where he truly became, like, the flagship character of his family, of the Flash family. Yeah, and he the- was legacy in the DCU. Yep. He was the sidekick that became the next hero. And that um, was his defining trait for a long time. He was I'm the emo- glad we're back to that as well. Yeah. Going forward. Yeah. And he was the emotional linchpin of Rebirth. He, you know, he was like the yep. main thing that made us all feel this sense of hope that things were being mm-hmm. put back in the right place. Yeah. <laughs> they were restoring things they had robbed from us with the New 52 yep. like sledgehammer that you know, Didio was wielding. Yep, yep. Uh, and- so specifically this is wally west not wallace right yeah well, of course yeah okay just have to make sure yeah so well, I that went without saying well wallace got yeah. a few points but yeah, yeah no, and, wally. and that's good i'm glad there's wallace i just had wished they didn't try to sell us as that's the new version of wally west i mean yeah I mean, the biggest you know. thing going against wallace west is honest mm-hmm. the fact that he's got the name wallace west like see if they just called yeah. him something different he was a new character yeah like Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> like, he could still be a West. He could still just be yeah, a cousin. hundred percent. He could still be a West. It's. I'm trying to think of a name that doesn't start with W. But that's all I can think of right now. It could still be a W. It could still be a, a Wesley West or a Winston West yeah. or a yeah. a, a Walker West or a... Willie West. Willie West. There you go. You're running out of W names soon. Bill. <laughs> Bill West. West. Yeah, it does not have the same ring to it. Uh, William West, there you go, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you, you overlooked the most common... Waller West! Waller yeah. West! That's the, that's the ticket. Uh, you know he's going to start slinging meth. <laughs> yeah, but he can cook it at such an exceptional rate. Like, yeah. that's, he's got he's got a one-up on the market. He's Walter and Jesse. to the rules of chemistry. <laughs> but yeah, no, Wally, he was my Flash. One of my, you know, he's up there, my favorite characters. Uh, I remember... Yeah. Where I was reading the Lightning Saga when he made his return. Um, I, I, I think part of it yeah. as well is that, you know, we got to see him find, a, you know, a love interest who he did mm-hmm. end up staying with long term, who he did have kids with. There was a yeah. whole journey there. That, and that's partly why you get so upset when things get taken away. So, no, we actually put in the time. We spent the time attaching to this character and we got the journey that evolved mm-hmm. and the status quo evolved with him in a natural pace yeah. where we all kind of like bought into his life. Because uh, some comic book characters are definitely very guilty of never being allowed to evolve, and as yep. as a core problem with comic book characters, that we can always come back to. I, I would specify with American comics specifically. Oh sure, yeah, because uh, uh, European and British comics almost exclusively move in real time. Oh, fair enough. Uh, but we're talking about superheroes. We're talking about DC. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. I just mean you know, we, we say you know comics characters are, are stagnant. I think you know specifically, I think it's American, even because even superheroes in in those. Mm-hmm. Other ones, uh, you know, move in real time. Yeah, uh, I will say by the way, numbers ten through like, like six were all kind of close and kind of revolving quite a bit. Okay. Uh, just as I, I tell you, what number six is just sort of to fill out that bunch. What we'll, we'll, you know, we made the top of that little pack, uh, and that little pack was headlined at number six by Lex Luthor. Ah, there he is. Mm. Yeah. If anything, I'm surprised he didn't quite crack the top five. Yeah, he's... I'm glad he's above Joker, for sure. Yeah, me too. By a reasonable margin as well, right? I imagine a lot of people uh, are glad about that. Uh... Yeah. I think he's a much more interesting character. (laughs) It's weird that I I could be seen as a hypocrite because I do not have Lex fatigue. 
just because I feel like Lex is a very distinct character, you know? So you don't, when, when people are using him in their stories, it, it always, you know, there, there's a point of view with Lex. I think what it is, know? is when the, when you do a Joker story, Joker mm-hmm. comes in and disrupts everything. And right. that's kind of the point of the Joker. Mm-hmm. Is, is, is a very disruptive force, whereas mm-hmm. Lex doesn't have to be that way. Lex can just be oh. there doing his thing mm-hmm. and can go a right. while without making a significant impact. And that could What's be that story from Action Comics where he's going... Jesus, uh, the Paul Cornell one. Oh, um... Oh, what's it called? Oh, it was the, like two trades. The ring? The one yeah. with the ring? Or the, the, the orange lantern ring? Or the post-orange yes. lantern ring? Yeah. 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 The Black That's Ring, it. I think it was called, something like that. Mm-hmm. No? Yeah, that might have been it. But something like that. something, yeah. Yeah, but just that is, is him carrying the story of basically being like, well, Superman's gone, I can do what I want, but what do I want to do? You know, so he... It was just really good. I need to revisit it. It's been a while. Yeah, I haven't read that in a while either, but yeah. I do really like Paul Cornell, and I remember enjoying yep. it a lot when I read it. Yeah, I mean, Joker's a force of nature. Lex is more of a character, mm-hmm. um, and that's okay. They're two very different villains, and um, I, I think, I mean, it feels weird to like to have to. Pick, I mean, I suppose I had to rank them, so I, I, I did kind of pick which one I would put higher. But I mean, ultimately, they're they're both kind of the best of their kind of villain, in, in, mm-hmm. in a way. You know, they're, they're both the the top of their class. They are, but I think ultimately, when it comes to it for me the style of villain that Lex is is more interesting because Lex has motivations. He has goals. Oh, that's just a taste thing. That's just, you know. Right. No, it is. As I say, for me, yeah. like that, that is more interesting because, you know, he has goals and achievements that he wants to do beyond just beating Superman. Whereas Joker's one thing is, screw you, Batman. Right. Basically. Um, and, and I get the appeal for, for people, but it just, for me, it's not as interesting long term. Yeah. Yeah, all right. Uh, also, Lex doesn't believe that we live in a society, so automatically better. People have started saying that at work as a joke, and I have mm. to be very careful yes. not to do it on the show because it's like, nope, nope, don't yep. do that. Not, not yep. going down that road. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yes, Lex is a great character. Um, mm-hmm. That said, uh, you two did kind of fall into the trap of just comparing him to Joker for most of that conversation. So, I'll, I'll... well, I, I do think that it, it set off because he he has placed ahead, but yeah, you know, uh, on his own though, I just because he counters Superman. Superman's my favorite. Like, I just he's the perfect opposite for Superman. That they complement each other so well that I can't help sometimes. Not that I'm rooting for Lex, but I want to see what he's got up his sleeve. You know, like that's why the. Um, the the Mark Russell, you know his little Lex and issues. Lex. Yeah, well, well, that and his Wonder Twins, Lex plays a factor in. Yeah, you know, so I like the way that he writes him for that reason. Hmm. Yes, I also enjoy the way uh, Gene Hackman yells "Miss Testmaker." Uh, <laughs> one of my favorite things. <laughs> I mean, the the version of Lex in those movies isn't like anywhere no. close to my preferred version of Lex Luthor. But... No. It's hard not to enjoy the charisma of Gene Hackman as he's doing <laughs> yeah. his thing. Uh, but yes. Um, all right, okay, top five then. Things are getting serious. Yeah. Things are getting serious. Uh, number five is Lois Slane. Yeah, okay. Oof, take a breath. <laughs> so, so no Commissioner Gordon? No. Jim Gordon got done dirty. 
I mean, Jim Gordon yeah, should have been higher. He should have. I know I had him on mine. Yeah, it's mine. surprising for me that, like, yeah. I say, you know, those those three would have been the ones that I expected to be the the non-hero <laughs> character. So, based off of Batman Beyond, Commissioner Gordon did make the list, just not Jim. Oh, come uh, on. Uh, yeah. Yes. You know? I never even said Commissioner. Carter's the one who used the word Commissioner. I, I, no, I, I know. I always say Jim because I because I, that's the thing. Commissioner is not even an important part of the character to me because. So no. much of the good stuff is when he's lieutenant or when he's Captain Gordon, and you know. Like, oh, that's I mean, fair, yeah. but I'd say commissioner out of habit. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, you know, yeah, Lois is Lois is great. Uh, as everyone, pretty much, she's the first lady of comics. Uh, yeah. Basically, it's she's. I mean, even even going back to, you know, I think she was she had her own series before most other female characters. It was like her and Wonder Woman for the longest time. Um, yeah. So so yeah, and she's she's made her mark on comics as a, there's almost a Lois Lane type. Like I brought up when we talked about Barry and Iris, I feel like a lot of in more recent times they've kind of Loisified Iris a little bit to give her a character. You know, not not the, she she not. definitely you know created a template as it were yeah. for a certain type of like love interest character. Yep. Um. Uh, and. And the fact too that usually she's not the damsel in distress. Whatever, whatever has gotten her into trouble is usually her own doing, because she, you know. I mean, she's in distress. Pushing. She's in. She's definitely gets herself into distress. Yeah, but, but what it's I not. Mean is it's not like Luther kidnaps her just because, right? No, 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 no. I'm agreeing with your point, but I'm yeah. saying that I think it's important to distinguish the yes. the phrasing because. One of my favorite things about Lois is that she gets into trouble because she's too stubborn and headstrong to not right. get herself into trouble because she is so, right. so determined to go do to get the story, expose the bad guy, whatever it may be. Uh, and that strength is part of I think why she's so appealing. You know, the, we read you know Ruck is Lois Lane recently, or we read yeah. uh, her and anything else where she's writing a book on Superman. And uh, you know, one of the big things you know that New Fifty Two did that was like just a crime was. Again, resetting her so that she didn't know who Superman was, so she wasn't yeah. married to Superman. Because that evolution and going through the period where she is opposing Clark in that mm-hmm. kind of fun way, and then going through the period where she does know who he is, where she does have to deal with, oh, what is it like to be a mum of a super son? <laughs> like, right. All yeah. those things and all those experiences only enrich the character. Because now when we get to the point in 2021 when we're talking about Lois Lane, She's not just like yeah the the initial version of Lois Lane is wonderful that 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 love mm-hmm. triangle of Clark Superman Lois the go get attitude that she has the the fire she has the you know and later on they introduce the bad spelling and all that other stuff but mm-hmm. that is a great version of Lois but what's so good about the character is how it's been built upon over the years to the point where oh now that's just the, that's just the start that's the start and then it kind of evolved and we have all these other eras of Lois because of where she was in her life. Uh, and, you know, and I, I think they're all equally kind of interesting and exciting and fascinating. Mm-hmm. So. I'm still looking forward to a, a Daily Planet bullpen book someday. So you know, I think so. it'll happen at some point. Yeah, uh, you know, that, that we can hey, Lois can be the main character, but just seeing how she interacts with everyone else on the Daily Planet. Kind of you know, surprised it hasn't been done in yeah. recent years with the decline of print journalism and more it yeah. being about Lois kind of proving why it mm-hmm. should matter still. I'm, I'm surprised right. that hasn't happened. 
Uh, I mean, DC, like, might have been cowards and decided not to do it, because we, we know there was some distressing things that came out when things were being leaked recently, or I say yeah. recently, this is like six months ago or something like that now, about, uh, you know, them, them telling writers to maybe don't, don't turn off certain, you know, sides of politics too much when you're writing. So I, I do wonder if, like, yeah. the idea of a, a newspaper book where they're, you know, diving into that stuff was maybe just something that DC wouldn't have greenlit for a, a, sh- a short time. Um, so Right, which is why they're not in the newspaper business, and, you know, right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. So, I, I don't know. Uh, but, yeah, Lois is an, an enduring character. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, unless she's played by Kate Bosworth, in which case she's trash. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> moving on. Yikes. To number four. <laughs> number four is Wonder Woman. Hey! I, Wonder Woman was always going to appear high on any sort of top DC yeah. list, but I do think the last like decade have like put her from probably just scraping the top ten to being a like a like a really big top player. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, between the Cause... movie, between a great comics run, uh, you know, between other things that have been going on in the last few years. Yeah, yeah I, I think it's pretty bad, well deserved spot. Yeah. And 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 to, and to 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 be fair, to Wonder Woman. So she's a character who I didn't like avoid for a long time, like in my early DC reading. But I didn't really try a lot of Wonder Woman until later on in my. my it was reading. so inconsistent. They kept. I remember just in and when I first started to collect comics, like just restructuring and renumbering three times in that that early time. You know where she became like an agent of Shield type. You know. Um, at one point and then trying to undo that and a bunch of other stuff. And it was just, it was rough to try to get into her. But when you end up, you know, having these runs that are not on the longer side, but you get time to get to know the character. Um, it, it, it still works. Um, there's, you know, there's a reason she's in the Trinity, right? It's not just that they need a, a, a girl member or a woman member that she's she's her own hero and she's distinct from batman and superman it's also tenure because she's from the same era you know she, yeah. she, she was created back in the too, golden age but like like i just feel like she she's earned that spot as that you know i always always say that she's you know she cuts the difference between superman and batman right like she's the the uh the venn diagram you take aspects from both and that's how you kind of get her and that's what makes her unique so yeah, hi, yeah, Diana. Yeah. Um, I, I think what, I mean, for me, it wasn't any of the reasons. I mean, Matt just went on a little speech there. I don't want to belittle mm-hmm. it by saying none of that mattered yeah. to me. It was more, yeah. it was more just like, it didn't, she didn't appeal to me, I think, because of all the mythology stuff she's tied to, because of the <laughs> setting she comes from. Um, yeah. And it was just a case of, oh, what once, like, I read a little bit because she was in, you know, a Justice League book or something. Mm-hmm. And, and then you go to read, you know, the, the good stories about Wonder Woman and, um, uh, you know, it's th- a I, lot that yeah, you know, we've been starting the Perez stuff yeah. previously, mm-hmm. recently, which is early on pretty heavily mired in mythology, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but he still, like, you know, really enjoyed that stuff. Uh, that's know, because it, it's, you know. the existence of the mythology stuff isn't a turnoff, but there's there's key things that the book or the the, the writing has to do to make me mm-hmm. care about what's happening. If it relies on the mythology as the selling point, then I'm going to hate it. <laughs> like I, I'm going to hate it. That's fair. I do one of those as well. Like if you'd read that a few years ago, 
when you didn't care for Wonder Woman as mm-hmm. much as you do now going into that, if maybe it would have been, you'd have felt the balance was a little bit too much maybe. And then, mm-hmm. so you, you know, you going in knowing that you like Wonder Woman now more than you did a few years ago, you know, helps you get over some of the mythology stuff perhaps. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, it really was the start of Rebirth in a lot of ways where I really started to properly delve into solo Wonder Woman stuff. You know, Ruckus run was so good that it made me want to go back and check out his previous run. It made me want to go and yeah. read some of the other stuff. Sure, um, you're not alone with that. Well, the funny thing is as well is that, you know, I think a couple of years ago we watched the 2009 animated movie, which I remembered yeah. liking, but we kind of discovered it didn't really hold up that much <laughs> when we tried it again. It's like, fine. It's fine. It's not great, though. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's some odd characterization in that word. Like, Steve Trevor's a bit of a womanizer, bizarrely. Uh, like, just weird little things like that. But, um, but yeah. No, one of them was great. Um, mm-hmm. And I think her sticking to the compassion and that side, of, in the same way that Superman sticks to like hope and talks about mm-hmm. getting people through things, Wonder Woman sticking to those kind of ideas and sort of like sticking up for them uh, and trying to like talk her villains down, trying to rehabilitate her villains is you know a big part of the character. It's yeah. interesting to me that you know, you know the traditional thing for Superman, you know, truth, justice, and the American way, which thankfully they're, they're dropping. Yeah, we'll right? scrap that. Yeah, that that, yeah, but, that garbage. But, but you know. <laughs> Truth and justice, I associate more with Wonder Woman than I do Superman. I, I do as well, bizarrely. I mean, it's kind of his phrase, but not really in practice. Right. Yeah, but as yeah. ideals, those are kind of what... They're Wonder Woman's bread and butter. Yeah, Whereas, yeah. like you say, Superman, you know, hope and inspiration. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, there you go. Number four is Wonder Woman. Number three! Now, I want to make this very clear. Number three and number two were swapping constantly. In fact, all, 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 all three of the top three were kind I think of, actually. This is, this is interesting now, because we know what these top three characters are. This Do is only you? Three characters Do you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's flat, Bruce, and Dick. There's no it, one else it can be at this point. No, it's Condiment, King, Kite Man, and uh, Cold Snap. <laughs> <laughs> and Kite Man, was that? Yeah, Kite Man, yes. <laughs> uh, no, um, no, there was a lot of shuffling here uh, between these... Between these. But uh, number two and three in particular were swapping constantly. This is this is really interesting because like these are the three characters I would have put as the top three. Yeah. I have no idea what order these are going to be in like at all. For the longest time, the one that I'm about to tell you is number three was number two. It had number two locked for ages, and then it was only in the last maybe like eight lists that it kind of switched and just swapped enough based on the points. Can we demand a recount if we disagree? (laughs) (laughs) You cannot. Please. (laughs) You cannot. Uh, So, number three on the top 50 DC characters as voted for by the Comics of the Multiverse audience. Number three is Dick Grayson. Oh my god. (laughs) Fools. Recount. Oh dear. This is a good showing, come on. Oh good enough. Good showing. Yeah, should have been number one, easily. <laughs> I'd have accepted. I mean, he wasn't two, number one on my list, one. but he was number two. You know? I'd, I'd accept number one being two man. Two is two is dick, but these I don't have a word good enough to describe these terrible people. Can we can we t- voted for Bruce over Dick? Can we talk yeah. about 
Hey, for the record, Dick was higher than Bruce on my list, right? I just, I'll make that clear. Good. He's higher on mine. But is it, is, is it... Did you even have Dick on your list? Yeah. No, no, but he, he would have been there. Uh, he would have. Had I did a real list, <laughs> he would have if I then just look look up the encyclopedia for obscure Green Latin characters and filled I out a list. I actually only with needed that. to look up like three of those, uh, uh, and then, then they just kept coming to me. It's like, yes, I've got them all. Yes. Uh, how about instead of being disappointed, how about you talk about why Dick's so great? Given that this is number um, three, celebrate Dick. He's he's the heart of the DCU. So he is the. I talked about Wally being the legacy, but. Dick forged his own path, right? He didn't have to take over for Batman. He did as Nightwing. So when Bruce does go away, you know, he picks it up, but it's it's not a fit, right? Like, in those issues... Right thing for him. Yeah, like, he talks about, like, he's doing it out of respect for Bruce and that the world needs a Batman, but it's not who he is, you know, because he's Nightwing. And, you know, when he left from, from being... Robin to being Nightwing it was along the same lines. He wanted to be his own person, and that's who he's become. The way he um, spent years with a day job, uh, you know, as yeah. as a as a cop because he wanted to be mm-hmm. helping people in the day as well. Like you know, he right. wanted to you know be as as he saw it on the front line doing right. what he could. And then his his spot on the Teen Titans and the Titans has basically created. He's like the Kevin Bacon of the DCU, right? Like. You can name any DC character in time to Dick Grayson at a certain point just because of, of where he's been at. And, yeah, he I, just... I feel like saying he's the Kevin Bacon of the DCU. Uh-huh. It's like, you're justifying him being free and not two here. What do you mean? I mean, you just compared him to Kevin Bacon. And like, yeah. Well, just, just from the... I, I know, I know. But right, when you say right. that sentence... Yeah. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, but just the, the fact that he is you know, central to the DCU in my eyes. And, you know, that's why. And when, you know, when he was gone and not, right, there was that outcry, you know, and it wasn't just us. It seemed to be the general consensus. Like, this is just bad, you know? Yeah. Everyone knows it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to the one or two people who decided to also put Rick Grayson at the bottom of their list, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I I um I admire the fact that you recognise it's not the same character. Yeah, mm. you're yeah. self aware yeah. enough to be aware that that, that wasn't Dick Grayson, that yes. wasn't Nightwing, that was someone else. Because it yes. was the, the joke is uh, not lost, but uh, how dare you? Uh, basically, um, so Dick Grayson's number three. Obviously, I love Dick. This has been well documented. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's been well documented. So. That's that, which leaves us with two. Leaves with number two and number one. No, the question now is, is Matt about to flip out and rage? So here's so here's the funny thing, is that number one versus number mm-hmm. two, there is a gulf of points different. Oh, man. There is a gulf. That's either going to be so angry or so happy. (laughs) (laughs) There is a gulf. Like, two and three were swapping so much, but there is a gulf between one and two. And I have theories on this a little bit, but I'll talk about that after I've revealed it. Which way around are they? (laughs) Number two is Batman. Okay, that's right. 
Batman is number two. Don't forget that. <laughs> Bruce Wayne. <What> the... <laughs> Arguably still too high. But at least it's not even the best Batman in the oh, top God. ten. You, you two, you two, you two suck at this. All you do is complaining about where things are. There's no excitement. There's no happiness. Yeah. There's I, no happiness. Did you not see my fist pump of celebration when Tim Drake was above Kyle <laughs> I was expecting more from Matt than just, oh, quite right. No, I'm, I'm happy. I'm relieved. I don't have to rage. I mean, people are wrong for putting Bruce above Dick, because again, Bruce is even the best Batman. Like, sure, <laughs> Batman wasn't a fit, but Dick was better. Or I, I enjoyed it more. That I just... Dick you know. for a long time was ahead of Bruce. It was just a little bit towards the end that kind of shifted a touch. Ooh, uh, terrible final. Very close. Eight or ten people. Yeah. Very like, close. Hey, you were in the family of ten guess, people. Yeah, but I, I self- didn't contribute towards <laughs> yeah. Bruce either. And, and yes, I'm a self parody at this point, and most of this is poor show. However, when it comes to the Bat family, I don't. Bruce isn't that interesting to me. He's just not. Like I don't. I don't like the because Batman stuff. Uh, and that that goes, you know, that still weighs heavily. Remember where you had Bruce on your list? Uh, uh, Bill's gonna know. <laughs> Wait, me? Yeah, you're asking Pete. Oh, no, I you. didn't have Bruce on my list. That's oh, just when we left him off. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, I wasn't giving him points, but <laughs> so spiteful. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Batman's a fantastic character, uh, and there's a reason why he's so popular, even if you think he's overexposed. Um, uh, That's more than that, come on. Um, I think that helps, though. It does, of course it helps. We talked earlier about how it helped Harley. Like, it helps every character if they look good. Like, that's just part of the the package. Um, But there's a reason why Batman, ever since basically the late 80s, has grown in popularity, has survived some terrible movies. Uh, it's had some great movies too, of I, course. But. I also think amongst our generation, though, there are a lot of ties back to childhood with the animated series. Because I know a lot of people that are really into Batman. That hey, maybe really, it's uh, only because of that. You know? Maybe that thing, that animated series hit mm-hmm. at the perfect time. Because we're at mm-hmm. the point now where maybe that was the thing that hit where, where we are now with like mm-hmm. social media, where we are now with fandom. Like the stuff that's important to the people who are like young adults now is yeah. the stuff that's kind of this era of like internet fandom that's going to last forever. Yeah. So maybe Batman is just lucky that that animated series hit yeah. in all of our childhoods. Well, and, and it doesn't hurt that it was also really good. Of like, course, yeah. That does you know, tend to help, yeah. Yeah, you know, and that he's always in the pop culture. I mean, sure, Superman had the movie and the serials, right, way back in the day. But, you know, Batman had the 66 show. Yeah, he's, mm. he has been in the public consciousness since yeah. at least that. So yeah, I, I mean, I'm, but, going to, I'm going to just remove. Sep- yeah. I'm just going to separate what I'm about to say from all of yeah. the connections and spite and anything else that's going along with the discussion about Batman at being number two. Batman is a phenomenal character, regardless of anyone's opinions on him. And there's always going to be a high spot for him on anything like this. He's always going to be celebrated. And there's bad takes on the character, so there's bad takes on anyone. But. Uh, is wonderful, and I wouldn't be reading comic books if it wasn't for Batman. So, uh, and we'll just leave it there. We'll leave it in a nice positive sentiment because now you get to talk about number one. I almost yelled, "I would." 
<laughs> Number one. Yeah. It's obviously Kate Man. Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> Poor Kate Man. <laughs> Okay, Superman, of course, is number That's one, right. and I'm going. I'm going to say that the, I, I think he would have won anyway. It wouldn't have been as much of a golf. I think he would have won mm-hmm. anyway. But I'm going to put out the theory as to why the golf was so large. Is because Matt didn't put Bruce Wayne on his list. No, it's because Talking Superman tweeted out the uh, the voting form, and <laughs> yeah. right. So I'm just going to go on an assumption that people who follow Talking Superman on Twitter. Or diehard Superman fans, and that maybe that's good job. And, and I, I also think that's why Jimmy got so high because at the same yeah. time as Superman was ascending, all those Jimmy points that, came at that, that first. Count for Summer Supergirl as well, uh, especially as in the past few weeks, Talking um, Superman has been tweeting a lot about uh, Supergirl various yeah. runs, so that sure. might have been in the consciousness as people were voting. So I'm. I mean, that's all back in April, so I don't I mean, know if it that... Was, it, was, yeah. it was still before the okay. voting closed. Right. But, so, uh, don't get me wrong, I still think Superman would have won. I think he would have like won by an okay margin, but you know something that would have made more sense. The margin that he got early on, because after that sort of surge of like, I don't know, like I got maybe like 20 entries after Super, uh, Talking Superman retweeted it. I genuinely think the gulf was created because of that. He is personally responsible for... And this is how you stress yes. someone's ego. Hey, yes. Um, Adam, thank you. Yes, you, you quest you for peace. Lo- you quest for peace loving weirdo. <laughs> hey, I'm not going to judge that. You you love what you love, unless it's Batman. You throw in the trash. <laughs> look, look. That's a t shirt. <laughs> Love what you love, except for Batman. My number one was Dick Grayson. But yeah. given how Superman outside of our circles is underappreciated and so many people think Superman's mm-hmm. lame, think Superman can't work in a modern setting, all the things you hear about Superman, you can't rate Superman anymore, you can't do a proper Superman movie for this reason and that reason. Basically, lots of people are wrong. On, on, on yeah. For those reasons, nothing delights me more than Superman winning because yeah. of those things. Well, and I also think that a lot of comic fans probably are the ones that are going to be you know, incensed to fill out a form like this versus just a general person that comes across it. You know, so if you I'd, read I'd love comics, to know if we had any like Snyder Cut fans who voted. Yeah. Oh, definitely, and they, and they were voting on on uh, no, but like that. that, that who do you think form. voted for Jason? <laughs> no, no, the really hardcore ones. Yeah. Who, when they're voting for Superman in the top spot, they're thinking of that version of Superman. Oh, oh God, God, I hope not. You mean Ultraman? <laughs> yeah. I, I'm still not convinced that that movie is not a crime syndicate movie. Uh, but, uh, that's a discussion for another look, time. Look, once they do some multiverse shenanigans, it will be. Yeah. I'm, yeah, pre- so... I'm pretty sure there was a couple of joke entries. Like I think someone put in, you know, there definitely there was definitely a Felicity from someone. Mm. Uh, there was definitely a, a Laurel instead of a you know a, a Black Canary yeah, yeah. things like that. Yeah. People putting in the the shitty TV versions of things, mm-hmm. but you know, I yeah. Superman is the genesis. We wouldn't have superheroes if it wasn't for Superman. He is the superhero that started it all. Now, I, I have thought about this. I don't think they would be the same. I think that superheroes would have been more of a Doc Savage-y. Because, I mean, Doc Savage has played a role in the yeah, creation like, of Superman. There's but, a thing where, like, especially recently, because we just had the anniversary faction comics again in the last yeah. couple of weeks. Yeah. And it's people pointing out how, oh, these are technically superheroes, and they were being published before Superman. Yeah, and that that is true. Mm-hmm. 
but that doesn't mean that they would have had the popularity, the, the enduring the legacy. Bright, yeah, the, the bright colors, the you know the the eccentric costumes, mm-hmm. and all of that type of stuff definitely comes from Superman. As you look at those pulp heroes from before that, and they're all basically characters that live in a similar world, right? They're, they're all have, closest to Batman, really. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, I mean, you have Slam Bradley, right, who's a private detective. And, and investigating things on the dock, which, you know, that's very much for the 30s, you know, mm-hmm. what's going on there. Mm-hmm. So the fact that you have a guy running around in, in basically a circus strongman outfit with a cape, you know, that that kind of kicks things off to do things a little bit differently. Because look at look at the first Green Lantern's costume and how wacky that is. Mm-hmm. You know, and then Rob Allen Scott's Green Lantern outfit, how dare you? It's <laughs> like disappointing not to pirate. see Alan Scott or... or... Jay Garrick on this list. Uh, you'll yeah. find out where they are in a mix. I'm about yeah. to quickly run down 100 through 51. So you'll get a yeah. sense of some of these other characters. Uh, so, so, so thank you. Talking Superman. <laughs> you, you, did, you did the Lord's work. That Lord might be Rao, you know, the great god of Krypton. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But hey. You know. Yes. So, so, I mean, no, no one here is upset that Superman was able to take the spotlight for this. I, I am a little upset about uh, uh, Dick not you know. Well, I say I would have yeah. I would have accepted Dick in number two. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> so Connor wants Dick in number two. Do you heard that right, everyone? He wants Dick in number two. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm a 13 year old perpetually. I can't we know. Laugh. <sighs> That's why I look like The entire time, Pete was intentionally cracking Dick jokes earlier, and intentionally making it sound bad. And you got through all of that fine. And this because you just said you wanted dick in your ass. That's why. He said dick in number two. Is it in number two? Not my number two. <laughs> uh, I'm just. <laughs> I'm also, you know, had <laughs> had dick come in number two, that would be a whole other thing. So, dick, dick came uh, in number two. Yeah, that's what <laughs> I just that's said. A whole, yeah. That's a whole different thing than Batman in number two. Uh, Batman is number oh. two. All right. So, uh, Okay. Let's get this real quick. I'm, I, need, I need lunch. Yes, yes. I'm also hungry. Uh, so I'm just going to quickly. I'm just going to. I was originally going to do a reveal thing later, uh, but I think you can't be bothered. No. Stop. Why, why do you always have to try and belittle things that I'm about to say? Uh, no, I, I, I don't think there would actually be as much interest from people who don't know DC characters enough. So I'm just going to run it down quickly on the end of this year. Uh, so I'm just going. to... No time to comment, I'm just going to rhyme through them. So just listen for your, who you want to listen for here. Number 100 was Mary Marvel. 99 was Ultra Boy. 98 was Joe Mullen. 97 was Jericho. 96 was Bizarro. 95, Adam Strange. Uh, 94, Shara Thal. Uh, 93, Etrigan. 92, Batwoman. 91, Jesse Quick. 98, Elongated Man. 89, Cassie Sandsmark. 88, Perry White. 87, Black Manta. 87, Static. Uh, 85, Firestorm. 84 Zod, 83 Natasha Irons, 82 Monel, 81 Brainiac 5, 80 Blue Beetle, Ted Cord specifically, uh, mm-hmm. 79 Batman Beyond, 78 Roy Harper, 77 Metamorpho, 76 Black Lightning, 75 Huntress, 74 mm-hmm. Mira, 73 Bart Allen, 72 Lobo, yeah Lobo beat up Bart Allen like that, sink into, uh, <sighs> 71 Crypto, 70 Kilowog, 69 Robot Man, 68 Big Barda, 67, Jim Gordon, 66, Steel, 65, Spectre, 64, Captain Cold, 63, Stargirl, 62, Raz Al Ghul, 61, Power Girl, 
60, Two-Face, 59, Mr. Terrific, Michael Holt specifically, 58, Beast Boy, 57, The Atom, Ray Palmer, uh, 56, Blue Beetle, Jaime Reyes, much higher than Ted Cord. Uh, interesting. Yeah, well, uh, he's been around in recent more, so... Yeah. Uh, no. 55 Alan Scott 54 The Riddler 53 Doctor Fate 52 Hot Girl and 51 Jay Garrick I was getting really worried there because uh, the three uh, I was waiting for Alan Scott Jay Garrick hey, and Doctor Fate I got, I got Jesse, <laughs> oh my God. I got Jesse Quick so that's good <laughs> Two-Face those are the two well Two-Face more I was surprised didn't did pop up more did they specify which fate anyone or did they just Ken Nelson yeah they said Michael Holt oh he asked about fate, not terrific. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Matt, which Doctor Fate do you like? Uh, I like Michael. No, I just heard. Yeah. <laughs> For whatever reason, I heard Mister and not Fate. That's you know, why. I thought you know, that it. sounds like that sounds like someone who doesn't know anything about DC, who's like qu- yeah. trying to study quickly to try to like cram some yeah. knowledge so they look yeah. smart, and then someone asks them a question, and just like, yeah. oh, Michael. <laughs> yeah, I know things. I, 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 well, I you know just described thinking. the Arrow shows. Ash, yeah. There you go. Uh, so yeah, there were over 300 characters total with points. So the stats I'm about to give you are just for the top 50. This is not for the, the whole, like, submissions. So for the top 50, there were 35 male characters and 15 female. Okay. So there's that breakdown. Uh, there is 39 heroes and 11 that would typically be classed as villains. The ones that you might swap for yourself there are Poison Ivy and Catwoman, I guess, and maybe Harley, I suppose. Where did you count them in? I carry them all as villains because they started okay. as villains. Uh, so so you could change that to fit, to fit how you would class them if you want, but I, I class them as villains for the sake of that. Um, in terms of like families of characters, like who got the most? I mean, would you like to guess like which corner of DC had the most entries? I was going to guess Batman. Batman, by a fair fair margin, had thirteen yeah. characters uh, connected to him uh, and himself, of course. Uh, second was Superman with eight. Then Green Lantern had six. The Flash only had three, which was just what? Uh, reverse Flash, Barry, and Wally. Uh, right. Teen Titans, uh, I've put down as three. Now, technically, that's a bit of a lie because obviously I counted Wally as a Flash character. I counted Dick as a Bat right. character, so on. That was just the Titans on their own. Uh, two Shazam characters, two New Gods characters, a couple of Wonder Woman characters, and that was basically where I stopped uh, Wait, bothering. who did you count for Titans? Because we had Starfire, Raven, Donna Cyborg. Troy, Cyborg, and Raven. Yeah. Who? Say them again? Starfire, <laughs> Starfire, Cyborg, Raven, and Donna uh, Troy. I don't Donna, know Tro- Donna Troy counts as Wonder Woman. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, again, you can, you can mean, mix that can as much as you want. I but I mean, yeah. I, my instinct would have been to count her as a, as a Titans character. Honestly, once you get past the top three, it was kind of irrelevant. It was only the really, it was Batman, Superman, and Green Lantern that had it all It was, the... but I was just there going, why have you got three and not four? Yeah. Uh, and then perhaps more interesting, uh, I think, was the I, I I made a point of noting down the first appearances of all fifty, and like seeing like which decades had the most kind of like new characters that kind of made it onto the top fifty. Uh, any guess as to which decade has the most characters Just on this list? Before I make a guess, this would have been more interesting if you'd broken it down by era, like Golden Age characters, yeah. Silver Age introduction, you know, like, sure. like that. Uh, would have been more interesting, I think. But I didn't. I'm so. going to go 40s. Uh... Yeah, I guess, Matt. So, so it's it's which which decade had the most from it? Yeah, the first appearances. So, to, you know, where, well, where for, they came oh, from. Oh yeah, first appearances. I'll go 
I'll go 50s. Uh, Kara was right, 40s with 13. Yeah. Uh, 13 characters came from the 40s. Uh, and then the 80s had 8, which is pretty cool. All those Teen uh, Titans characters. Uh, uh, 60s yeah. had 7, 50s had 6. That's the Silver Age kind of split between them, I think. Uh, uh, 90s had 5. 30s had four, and you know, given that the 30s, it's just like 1938 to 1939. <laughs> you know, yeah. Basically, you're looking Lois. at Batman, Superman, Lois, Lois. and uh, Lex. Was it Lex? Oh, no, I've, I've actually, or Alfred. I can tell you what these were. Yeah. Uh, no, Jimmy. Jimmy was the fourth one. Jimmy. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so you got that, and uh, then 70s was also four. 2010s is two. And then 2000s only had one. That was the lowest. And that was Damien. Uh, yeah. For the record. Uh, the newest character on this list was Jonathan Kent, Superboy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was he debuted in July of 2015. Um, now, that might be the cover month rather than the actual release month. I, you know, it's, it's kind of hard to check that. For, uh, maybe not that one, but for a lot right. of the older comics, it's really hard to check that specifically. Yeah, that one you could have just gone to Comicsology. Yeah. Uh, before that, Jessica Cruz was 2014. Uh, Damien Wayne before that, obviously, at 2006. Uh, unless you count the unnamed baby from the uh, the graphic novel, but I, I wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't either. Yeah. Uh, so, you got that. Um, obviously, the first one, Superman. Uh, surprising no one. But Shocking. Interestingly, Lois Lane was the same time, basically. Same yeah. month. So, uh, there's a lot... April... Uh, of 1940 is like packed. Dick Grayson, Joker, Catwoman, Lex Luthor all come from that same month. Yeah. Uh, kind of insane just how much started at the same time. Uh, this is exactly why I guessed the 40s because yeah. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. a lot of those. Yeah, there's a lot of, uh, I think, stuff that were maybe surprising for how old some of them are. Obviously, you expect Wonder Woman. I knew Green Arrow was Golden Age. Um, I don't know if I expected Black Adam to go all the way back to 45. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, all that, 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 that early Captain Marvel stuff at plus it was... Going, yeah. right? Yeah, I mean, uh, Black Canary as well was 47 uh, in some mm. form, so that's that's kind of cool. Um, then you go into the 50s, you got Martian Manhunter, Barry Allen, Brainiac, Supergirl, Hal Jordan, Wally West, you know. Uh, Saw your Silver Age yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. And then just an extension from that into the, the 70s, or sorry, the 60s rather. Uh, you got Sinestro, Reverse Flash, Zatanna, Donna Troy, Poison Ivy, Barbara Gordon, Guy Gardner is your 60s debuts out of the list. 70s, you've got Darkseid, Mr. Miracle, so you get New Gods, obviously. Uh, yeah. Swamp Thing and John Stewart were 70s creations. Uh, and then 80s, you've got Starfire, Cyborg, Raven, Deathstroke. Uh, <laughs> but then you got Jason Todd, John Constantine, Booster Gold, and Tim Drake. Uh, Up to a point, that really was the, yeah. the Teen Titans invasion. Yeah. <laughs> Half of the 80s were the Teen Titans characters. Uh, and then 90s, you got Stephanie Brown, Harley Quinn, which I've counted as the episode of Batman the Animated Series, because that was right. her first appearance, really. It was, but even if not, if you go to the first comic, Mad Love, that it was, was, still, it was It was like a year or two 90s, later. Right? Yeah, it was still 90s, uh, yeah. but it was like a year or two later, yeah. Uh, but uh, then Connor Kent, Kyle Rayner, and Cassandra Cain, uh, the rest of your 90s. Uh, and that basically brings you up to uh, up to date. Uh, mm-hmm. So, uh, there you go. Uh, that's all my stats. I thought that was what the, that was the interesting stuff was sort of seeing where they all came from era wise. Uh, but there you go. Hopefully, people enjoyed uh, voting and getting the results and and all being that. wrong. <laughs> I, love how I didn't say, say that. I love how you say that, but it's not like like no one person got their way. You know, it's, it's not like no, no. Just uh, collectively, all of you, barring like one thing, 
got it wrong. Yeah. Well, hey-ho. Uh, so this has been your special, your, your, your top 50 characters getting down. Um, of course, you can um, look forward to the regular weekly episodes. Next time we do an extra episode, will probably be the annual at the end of the year. I don't imagine why there'd be a reason before that. Maybe a movie, actually. Maybe there'll be a movie review. Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad, yeah. I was, I was, I was trying to think. Mm-hmm. Was, I'm sure there's a movie coming out this year. Suicide Squad's the one. Uh, August. Uh, yeah, July, August, somewhere around then. Uh, so, but otherwise, you know, back back next week, uh, comics are in a really good place right now, I would say. I think there's, mm-hmm. you know, solid few books each week that we're really excited to talk about. Really and... exciting couple of months with the yeah. new books. So, we're, we're in a good place. We're in a good place uh, book-wise, and so hopefully, even if you disagree with where certain characters placed, uh, you know, you're overall quite happy with DC right now. And not everyone will be, but I imagine many people who listen to the show and voted probably are, because they're along for the ride. So, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, thank you again for being here for, you know, whatever portion of the 250 episodes you've been a part of the show for. Um, it has been a pleasure uh, to, to, to do it, and, you know, uh, here's to more DC stories uh, and more DC mm-hmm. characters, and It'll be the next, you know, I mean, I, mean, I, I joked at the start that Yara Flores kind of clearly probably the next contender to start making our way onto these lists after a few years, but, you know, in five years' time, is it another? Uh, five years after that, mm-hmm. you know, who's who's there? Um, it's always going to get tougher and tougher to make it onto the list, so. Uh, cool stuff. Uh, I suppose I'll take this time to thank our Patreon producers. Uh, I was almost just going to go away with the format there, but yeah, we did, just have to do that. So, thank you to Tyler Hess, Cindy Palacios, David Short, Bordner, Al Treisman, Christopher Moy, David Brown, and Stanley. Not Stanley. Uh, so, thank you to you all. They are $20 and we're at patreon.com slash TV. Uh, but you can support us, of course, for as little as $1 per month and help keep all the content coming, help keep the podcast coming. You can, at the $5 tier specifically, get early access to the regular weekly show. Uh, this one's a bit special. This one's just going out as a premiere on YouTube, but uh, the regular weekly episode, you get, uh, you get a day early. So go and have a look and see if you're interested in helping keeping all the content coming. Uh, you can also support us for absolutely free by liking, subscribing, commenting on YouTube, rating the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast from. Uh, give us that five-star review. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, just, you know, even if it's a joke review, you can you can you know, talk about how you think Connor's the, the biggest Red Hood fan or something. Like, that's fine. Like, if anything, I'll, enjoy, exactly I'll, I'll, I'll enjoy yeah. reading that. So yeah. uh, I found Connor's alt account, by the way. <laughs> I don't know if you he guys did. saw that tweet. He did. I, I I've been rumbled. <laughs> yeah. Someone uh, someone wanted to ask uh, Zadarsky and Rosenberg why why they hate Red Hood so much because uh, they're not mm-hmm. writing them correctly. And uh, no one <laughs> accused them of having never read a Batman comic before. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what was was the handle? Uh, Ginger for life. Was that was that the handle? No, it was something you know with a lot of <laughs> numbers. So it came off from a. You know, real quick. You gotta let them know. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, <laughs> Zdarsky's answer was like, oh no, they found me out. Because <laughs> <laughs> they said uh, you'd never read a comic before. Yeah, um, I, I, yeah. I love Zdarsky's sense of humor. Um, yep. I, 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 it's, it's well worth following if you don't. So, yeah. so and if fun you did fun. hate the results, just this was a bit of fun more than anything, as much as these two being grumpy about it uh, would lead you to believe otherwise. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Wait, this is fun? As it happens, <laughs> yes. That's because people are crunching numbers. Are serious. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, hey, I love how you serious. two complain about the uh, Comixology Top 10, but Connor literally used it as a reference earlier on to talk about sales. He's like, when we did the sales segment, we talked about I this. only used it to 
reinforce my own point. Exactly. Basically, if something benefits me, I like it in that moment. But now that now that I don't need it anymore, it's useless and win it. We should never do it again. Look forward to the next I'm just saying top we should 10. be surprised because Connor's the worst. So. <laughs> well, yes, yeah, you're 21 after all. Yeah. Yeah, also, Conroe. Conroe. <laughs> That's whose big count that was. It was Conroe's. <laughs> Conroe CR21. I wonder who this uh, is. <laughs> so stupid. Uh, okay, that's 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 us. Comments from the multiverse. Thank you very much well, for 250 episodes, uh, and we'll see you for 251 uh, next weekend, as per usual. Uh, well, Connor won't. He's missing a week. Well, all I'm saying is, if enough of you go and become patrons and give us some money, you know, maybe I can quit the day job and I can be on every episode. That's going to take a hell of a lot of patrons. So, I mean, I'm not going to complain. That's why I said enough of you. Yeah, I'm not going to complain if we get that many, but it's going to take a lot. Um, uh, and then I think Matt's actually missing the following week because uh, it's Matt's anniversary weekend. So I, yep, I think yep. if you go back and look at all the first weekends in May, you probably find that he's missing most of those. Yep. <laughs> yep. So, uh, but yes, thank you very much for joining us. Keep reading DC Comics and remember to never get lost in the Speed Force. Thank you.